Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. For those of you who have been waiting for this day, rejoice, for it has finally come. The world has finally gotten an open world Pokemon game. After years and years of begging, Game Freak decided to oblige. But before we discuss our first impressions, we have to deliberate here on the podcast a very serious topic. Um, it's something that we have been meaning to discuss for quite a while now, as we believe that the re- repercussions could affect the future of this franchise and honestly all of gaming for years to come. So um, today we will be discussing which Pokemon we think would most likely get it on. Yes, yes, we refuse to avoid the hard-hitting questions here, people. Some of you may think we are brave for diving deep into this most affecting of topics. A few of you may even call us heroes. Now, I wouldn't go that far, but I won't stop you either. And you haven't gotten your fill after that. We will be discussing first impressions on Pokemon Legends Arceus some solar ash, and nobody saves the world. And if you still need to eke out a little more content from us, you will get to hear the results of the social media polls that you voted on on Instagram. But please stick around for an important announcement at the end of the show as well. So, there is a whole waylord of content to get to, so let's start with the introductions of the fine members of the crew. First. I am joined by Professor Oak's ball shiner. Pokeball, that is. He has been just as excited as I have been to finally play this game, so much so that he saw a kitten stuck in a tree and told it to shut the fuck up when it meowed at him because he had a Persian to train. Uh, sorry, by the way, I mean the cat Pokemon Persian, just for clarification. Please say hello to my little friend, Rich Meister. Rich, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm a little weirded out by that. Um, you know, you could have gone with uh, the Galarian Berserker just to avoid so, the confusion. Well, so he- here's the thing. I, Rich, I expected this early on because I, I came across something this week, actually. Do you know what the first rule of improv is? I come across something every day. Across, that's a... <laughs> yeah, just straight across it. Rich, do you do you know what the first rule of improv is? Roll with it. No, but that's right. I assume that's you're going to tell us. Right, that's yes, right. Both and of you. yeah, I've, ta- I've taken improv classes. That's right. So I'm you've already York. fucked that up at the very beginning of this by me I, setting I, you up a joking intro for you to just go with, but instead you essentially nobodied me. I was just trying to not be racist. There was nothing racist about it. I clarified it. <laughs> I'm so, no, not in your context, but that sentence has been said by a lot of people who just did something very racist. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I definitely ruined your improv, but uh, yes, and it's like, it was a... Um, I'm sorry, what were we talking about? Bidoof. It was an ugly-ass cat, wasn't it, Rich? Bidoof, that's the fuckable Pokemon. (laughs) 
Yes. But how you doing this week, buddy? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, we're about to get fucking walloped with a shit ton of snow over here. Speaking of wallop, where's that new Cuphead content? Uh, no one knows. Yeah, nobody. But no, no I, uh, but no, excuse me. But yes, is what I meant to say. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. So you get an extra day off, right? What are you going to do with that extra time? Uh, I'm going to fucking play Pokemon. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Anything else been going on? Not... Really? Oh, I uh, I turned twenty nine. Yay! Good job, Rich. I really didn't do anything. Hey, you know what? There are many people in this you world. You just failed to die one more year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> you know what? At least you're not suffering while living. That's up for debate. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> You guys are never fail to have the most depressing negative intros ever. What do you mean? We're having fun. <laughs> you are the only two who are having fun with this intro. <laughs> this negative I'm, ass intro. I'm having a great time. Again, you two. Only you two. <laughs> this is good stuff for me. How are you? <laughs> you know, that's one of the few times you've ever asked me that. I'm good. I'm good. My name is Shay, by the way. I'm calling in from Japan. I am your host in Bidoof's Litter Box. I'm doing quite well. I never get to introduce myself before anybody else because nobody ever asks how I'm doing. I'm great, man, uh, for the most part. Uh, had some family tragedy this week that I don't really want to talk about. And, I'm sorry. That's uh, all good. I mean, um, that sucked very much, but the end of the week, thankfully, I got to uh, wake up to a new Pokemon game, which is some good news, actually. And it's a, So far, it's a really good Pokemon game. But outside of that, I may have some exciting news on the Evoking the Sublime front. I'm very excited about that. I've heard of many, many that. a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll reveal that more next week as uh, things are more put into place. But other than that... Uh, I actually wanted to briefly mention that I finally, for the first time ever, technically completed Monster Rancher, because I was playing on the train to and from work this week, and I finally rolled credits on that game. Owned it for 20 plus years, and I finally rolled the credits, so it felt good. And you made a handy guide to help people find monsters in that game. Oh, that's a good good point. That will be up by the time people are listening to this. I forgot about that already. (laughs) To be honest with you. But yeah, um, one of the things I did this past week is I noticed that as I was trying to complete the monster book in that game, that there was no comprehensive guide on how to get each monster in this game through CDs. So I started getting Mm. frustrated. And I said, you know what? Why don't I just make a comprehensive guide? And I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm already keeping track of this information. and. It was a lot of hours of editing and rearranging and uh, testing things out, but I, it's, it's an incomplete guide. I will update it more as I finalize it, but felt good. Felt good to be able to get something up for somebody else. And that sounds wrong, but you know what I mean. If you guys want uh, some fun it's uh, always behind nice the to scenes. feel appreciated. Mm. It's yeah, I wouldn't know. Um, if you guys want some fun behind the scenes insight, 
into uh, us doing stuff like this at the site. My favorite story in this is uh, when Shay brought up to me the prospect of uh, making a guide as someone who's done that before. I warned him that it would be miserable. And he's like, nah, it'll be fine. And then I get a message like late in the night being like, man, you were right. This is really annoying. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this. It wasn't like it wasn't as bad as I thought or as you made it sound to be, but it still was not fun. I will say that. No. But the nice thing is this game has given me so much over the years that I was happy to be able to hopefully return the favor for somebody else out there who is looking for the information that I was. Yeah. I hope. Now, for this to be a proper guide for anyone to actually glean anything from, I, I need to know. Is there ASCII art headers for every, you know, different section of this guide? I don't know what that is, so what, I'm going to say like? no. Gosh, what I look like? Mm. Mm. Your editor's taking care of it. Good, good, good. You need to know, need to know the mantle's being properly passed on. <laughs> Making it happen. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much, Rich, for asking me how I'm doing. That felt really nice. That was nice. Of course, man. Appreciate it. And next, and lastly, in a way, I am joined by the man who formulated the idea for the Pokedex originally after his idea of creating a database for tracking STDs didn't quite catch on. Believe it or not, the government was unwilling to fund research for Pokemon and their sexually transmitted diseases. After he created the Pokedex and made millions, he retired to a castle made completely out of leather. Thanks to our special friend, Dave. A little throwback for longtime listeners there. Please welcome the king of the castle, Josh Fowler. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. The uh, waterproofing costs. A little high on a leather castle. Something you gotta really keep up with. Um, yeah, I can imagine the weathering mm-hmm. on that. Yep, yep. Gotta have uh, some good otter wax on there. Mm, Made from a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that makes sense. In a leather castle, you probably have many kinds of waxes, lubes, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your favorite room in the castle? I mean... There's one room made of pleather, but it's hard to tell which one it is. Yeah, that's that's the... The the nice thing about a leather room, leather castle like that, is you can can very easily shift a wall just a little bit, slide it over if you really Mm. need to. So so any room is fairly multi-purpose in that function. So... uh, you know, it's it's nice to have your orgy pit not be limited to two dozen people if you really need, you know, that extra space. Yeah. Yeah, and the nice thing is you can literally just have an orgy anywhere the moment you enter the castle. Mm-hmm. Anytime's fuck time. Yeah. Yeah. The The... One of the other difficulties, other than the, you know, that preventative maintenance, is uh, when inviting that many people to a leather castle, it's way too easy for them to think to themselves, 
I've got a pocket knife. A glory hole could be right there, right now. Um, I mean, you don't already have ones built in? I do, but they don't, you know, know they where they, they are until, they the until taking they the tour. And sometimes it's just, uh, it's a lot to ask them to wait for the entire tour. They can't contain themselves. Yeah. They're like, I got, I yeah. got to have this glory hole. Please mm-hmm. hold your ejaculate until the end of the tour. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the end of the tear. But do That didn't work. See, that's one where you know but me, because that sucked. That's fair. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you, Josh, for being here. Um, I'm glad you went into a room that has minimal squeaking from your leather castle. I appreciate that. Yep. It's good for sound quality. Yeah. But uh, let's get into the topics this week. So this is one that I put down a very long time ago, actually, as a topic to discuss, because we had gotten some feedback that we had been doing these serious, hyper-critical topics at some point. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll put the most ridiculous shit I can possibly put into our topic uh, backlog for us to discuss. That way we appease the people who want this. And by God, we couldn't find a better week to discuss this. So we're going to be discussing the very, very not serious topic of which Pokemon we think would fuck the shit out of each other. And that's it. There's no preamble that's needed. There's no, you know, deeper meaning to it. Just that. And this is kind of a fun lighthearted way to discuss some Pokemon. So discuss bestiality. <laughs> that too. Hey, furries can get in on this as well. But anyways, Rich, I'm gonna start they off. <laughs> they don't need to ask, Josh. We got him covered. This is definitely a permission needed kind of scenario, just to be clear with everyone. Well no, not really. We're just we're just Theorizing, we're not necessarily saying they are going to. It's we're not forcing it. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to ask anybody. Anyway, so Rich, what Pokemon do you? No think matter what Reagan's estate uh, keeps telling me, this is a, a difficult question, and the reason I have difficulty with it is because nowadays there's too many. Pokemon that look too vaguely human and it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um and you guys know what I'm talking about. Like they're like Voltorb, l- man. Yeah, Uncanny like Kenny Valley. Vol- right like there. Uh, exactly. I can't even look at it. It makes me want to puke. Um like uh that low punny thing. Like there there's they're too like there's too many Pokemon that are like, it's a plant but a sexy lady. Um, <laughs> oh, Ro- Roselia or something like that? Sure, that, I think that's one of them. But then it evolves into another one that has a mustache. Pretty cool. Um, and, I'd fuck, <laughs> and I'd fuck that one. <laughs> um, I would lay that flower down. I would fucking rip that up. You know I what I mean? I would fuck those stamen like you couldn't believe. Fucking stamen! Th- those, uh, those anthers would go right up my ass. But uh, I, I digress. My answer is Heracross. <laughs> All right, why Heracross? <laughs> so, for anyone not necessarily familiar with Heracross, can you describe Heracross and then explain why? Heracross Heracross. is like a big beetle. Um, and the reason I picked Heracross is because he's definitely sexually frustrated. Heracross has been let down in a lot of ways. Can I be honest with you? 
Um, yeah. I look at Heracross and I think to myself, you're the, the Gen 2 Scyther. And nobody mm. picked you up and ran with you in the correct way. In, in a perfect world, right now, in modern times, Heracross would have gotten an illusion that was bug steel. I've been thinking about this for years. Picture that. Just an armor-plated Heracross, bug steel type. Sounds fucking awesome. He's doing something with all this rage, and it's fucking. And then the other thing that made me think about it is, um, there's like a meme, uh, from like the the second or third season of the Pokemon anime where Ash sends his hair across to train with Professor Oak, and then they're fighting in like the Pokemon League or something. And Professor Oak remarks, and I quote, "Of course, Heracross is so strong. He's been sucking all the sap from my trees." <laughs> So mm. it sure sounds like Professor Oak mm. was fucking that Heracross. Mm. Well, here's the thing, Rich. For those of you that don't know who Heracross is, it kind of looks like a like it has the general body shape of a pill with some arms and legs, and um, the arms and legs have little spikes on them and claws. But what's noticeable about Heracross is it has a horn protruding between yeah, its does. eyes, and it's a two-pronged horn. So he could fuck two people at once is what we're so, getting at. So, Rich, while you were saying you don't think that Heracross ever got the credit it deserves, I think it didn't care. Is busy out in the BDSM circles using its two-pronged horn to get it in. Yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. but yeah, Heracross definitely fucks. Um, and I feel like he, you know, he deserves the honor of being known if nothing else as the bug type who fucks cuz I feel like he doesn't get his due. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. That's that's a good first start, honestly. And we're that's not the only one you have to bring up. There there are more to bring up as well. So, but let's get some rotation around. I think Heracross is a good start. Josh, what is one Pokemon you think likes to fuck? I mean, I think we need to get this out of the way before, you know, too long because otherwise it's going to be hanging over everyone's head for the entire rest of the show. Metapod. For sure, for sure. Because Harden? Just, yeah, just just sitting <laughs> over there using Harden. Are we all just going to say bug types for an hour? <laughs> well, no, no, I've, I've got other ones, but I just, if if we don't mention this, we're going to get comments. Um, mm. So it, it needs to, it needs You need to, to get the easy up. one out of the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think nice thing solid- about that. <laughs> Solid choice. Ni- the nice, the, the nice thing about that one is, uh, Metapod's not that needy. He, uh, he'll harden just by himself. Just you know, if very, you just very touch him, he hardens. Yeah, he can get himself off. Yeah, he's a yeah. one man show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't need a lot of love and nurture. Yep. Or they, I maybe should say they, because they're female Metapods. They don't need a lot of love and nurture. They just. They're there. They're they're along for the ride. Mm-hmm. I think they're a great addition to any kind of sex toy collection. That's what the Pokemon company's been saying for years. Yep. Um, right. That's why they sell that big Metapod sleeping bag in case you have a fetish. So like you can crawl into it and just be like Meta Metapod, and then your partner can dry hump you. Uh-huh. Oh, Nightcrawlers! I love that game. I love. Oh God, it's been so long since we played Nightcrawlers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a topic unto itself the new it's always sunny podcast have you been listening i'm I'm catching up with it oh it's so good they just introduced video into the new episode and uh 
yeah it's been great but anyways i got a whole day to catch up on some stuff and yeah you do pokemon's one hell of a podcast game so yeah it is mm-hmm. um that's a good choice as well josh i uh, now i'm gonna go for something a little bit left field you guys are gonna have to bear with me because uh, I ursaring think I you're have... picking ursaring yes because i said bear no i think i have yes. one of the best choices trubbish likes to fuck oh now, yeah no no here trubbish hear me don't up. care He's just a mound of softness with a hole in it, of course. That, that's the thing. And I mean, for any bums, it, it, I don't know if that's the politically correct way to say that, in the Pokemon world, who are sleeping on the street, Trubbish oh. is always there. I thought, I, thought, I thought you were talking about asses. No, no, as in homeless people. Okay. Maybe homeless people is a more correct there you, terminology. There you go. Politically correct. thought you were the, British uh, all of a sudden. <laughs> my bum uh no the uh the homeless people who are sleeping on the street in the pokemon world they see a bag of trash and they're like oh fuck yeah it's it's been a while (laughs) and so they just it's honestly mainly men cut a hole open and start going to town and then the head the body turns around it's trubbish smiling at them and there you go trubbish is getting it on but the thing is if you actually look at the evolution Garbodor. I don't know if you guys have seen Garbodor for a while. It has green liquid leaking out of its head. Now, while we know semen is clearly white. Wait, what? A, cl- a clearish white. Mine's a- green. <laughs> the thing is, who knows what color it turns after sitting in bacteria for X amount of time it's very possible it turns to green and we are seeing an experiment take place in real time. So I firmly believe Trubbish fucks to evolve into Garbodor. I think the science checks out on that for Thank sure. You. Thank you. I, yeah. I, we will only know upon further playing Pokemon Legends Arceus as I do more research in that game if that holds true. Sure. Yeah. But that's my first choice. I, I thought that... Uh, I had a really good choice, and it's very creative and unique, and I'm proud of myself. So, Rich, what is your second choice for a Pokemon that likes to fuck? Wow, this is, um, you led me down quite a road here, you know? Because it's, it's just, we keep thinking bugs, is it a country obviously. Road? Right. I'm sorry? Is it a country road? Take me home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, so my next pick, obviously, got to keep with the bug motif, is Beedrill, or as he's known in some circles, Big Dick B. Hmm. BDB? Oh, BDB, there he is. He's coming to the fucking orgy. Look, okay, look at this guy, right? You got Beedrill, right? Kakuna, already pretty hot. Not quite a metapod, but pretty fucking hot. Mm. That cocoon opens up. What comes out? A big dick with dicks for arms. God damn! What is what is this fucking? Uh, I rest my sevens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's in the cocoona? <laughs> what's in the cocoona? What's in the cocoona? That's <laughs> 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 so fucking stupid. I love it. I love it. Okay, that's a good choice. That's a good choice, Rich. Josh, what's another choice of yours? 
I mean, another another fairly obvious one. Hmm. Cloister. Oh just, yeah, fuck just yeah. a very, very erect clitoris. Like it's it's. I was gonna say it looks pretty obvious. Yeah. You could just be like, no explanation needed. Yeah. <laughs> like there's there's obviously, you know, some spikes and you know. All, 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 all the all the pointy bits on the shell that makes makes things a little dangerous. But uh, those are the pubes. You just got to shave them off. <laughs> I hate that. I do too. <laughs> just the thought of shaving a shell is making my skin crawl. Like that's yeah, mine too. That's I hate like that somehow I that. worse than nails on a chalkboard. The idea of shaving a shell. Oh goodness, that. Yeah, I'm sorry I said that, guys. Let's <sighs> let's rewind the last twenty. 20 seconds back to when Josh was talking about something oh, yeah. else. <laughs> I couldn't get the time right. I was trying to pull that up as you were talking about Cloyster. <laughs> oh my goodness. My bad. No, I think you're right. It looks very eerily similar to a vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. used to be a No, there's, there's no way that wasn't intentional. It had to have been, right? Right? Like you don't yeah. you don't evolve to look like a magnificently erect clitoris for some exactly. purpose other than that being I mean the only other alternative, like we've mentioned with the spikes and whatnot, hmm. is if this is some sort of you know hunting adaptation. It's just trying to lower things in. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out, Cloyster eats dicks. It's, Cloyster eats dicks, you heard it here for... I yeah. read that on a Snapple once, I think. Mm. <laughs> Cloyster eats penis. What? <laughs> Snapple, what the fuck kind of advertisement is this? I'm confused, I gotta call my dad. <laughs> Daddy... Okay, well, that's a good choice, Josh. <laughs> I have I have one that's obvious as well. My next Once one's you pretty guys obvious, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Pelipper. The giant oh, pelican Pokemon. Yeah, he swallows. Exactly. That motherfucker swallows dick, titties, anything protruding, it's swallowing. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. He's got a big gullet. Yeah, exactly. I, I've... I feel like while we're on it, this isn't my next pick. It wasn't actually on my list, but we should throw it in there. Okay. Uh, while you're talking about Pelipper, because I think it's for the same reason. Yeah. Cramorant. Yeah, I was kind of yeah. thinking the exact same train of logic there. Yeah. I think I think uh, Pelipper has a l- little bit of a leg up. It has the bigger mouth. No, you're definitely like, correct. But like, but I, yeah. I was like, P- Cramorant looks to Pelipper, and he's like, I want to be like you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, they're yeah, no. both just scions of the uh, deep throating, the swallowing loads. Uh, yeah, community. community. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, along those lines, we could also go with Slurpuff, which was the uh, fairy Pokemon out of. Excuse me, I think it was a Sword and Shield, but it like it's a little cupcake, cute little was that Pokemon. Gen 7? With its- Something like that, with its giant tongue sticking out. Mm-hmm. Clearly, clearly yeah. wants something going on there. Fair, fair assessment there. Yeah, thank you, uh, Rich. What's what's another one? 
I I held back on this one and put it at my number three just because I was so sure uh, someone was going to have it in their first go around, and I'm honestly a little surprised they didn't. Hmm. Lick a tongue. Oh yeah, he, he was on the short list. Yeah, on the short list. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know how much more we need to like you know expand on that. He's just a big weird pink looking motherfucker with like a six foot tongue. Use your imagination. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a solid ass choice. Yeah. Josh, what's another choice of yours? I mean, we we specifically wanted to avoid the humanoid one, so I'm not going to go in on this very long cuz it's it's not my I mean, choice. You, yeah, you can one. you can use them. Just know that like I avoided them because the mere concept scares me. Yeah. Yeah, no. I I mean like obviously there are jokes with Mr. Mime, but that's that's missing the point. That's also on my list. <laughs> Mr. Rhyme is is actually look at that mustache. That uh, mustache he has, right? He's definitely trying to woo some he's, people with that shit. He's giving rides on that mustache. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> he's giving rides. Um, <laughs> it's not the but, only thing he's but giving. But there, there's, you know, there's nothing really much more to go into with that. Um, so my actual choice is Salazzle. Mm. That's another one that's way too sexual. Not humanoid, but way too sexual. Yes, yes. Like anyway, that that you know, the the female only evolution of that poison fire Salamand. type salamander. That uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We see what you're doing, Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we see you. We see you. Really dirty motherfuckers. <sighs> um, it's fucked man. up. Yeah, it, it is kind of fucked up. I mean, especially if you think about Mime Junior and how innocent that looks. <laughs> how do you Mr. make Mr. Rhyme? How do, you, how do you make a Mime Junior? Make a Mime Senior? It hatches from an egg, which is kind of terrifying when you think about it objectively. <laughs> Oh, I thought there was going to be a joke there. I was trying, I was trying to anticipate it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have I, done uh, that. It's more on me. I wasn't on top of it. Mm. Um, that's fair. So I think, I think I have another one for you guys that you won't expect, to be honest with you. Hmm. It's one I, um, Go for I it, almost regret bringing up because I feel kind of gross mentioning it, but it has to be said. Sligu, which is the evolution of Gumi. Yeah. And the pre-evolution pre-evolution to Gudra, which is the dragon Pokemon. I imagine that in an orgy that instead of, you know, making a big mess and just we're gonna have to go here, guys. Instead of all just jizz landing everywhere, everyone coming all over each other, getting dirty and sticky, that there's a Gudra in every orgy. So when you're about to come, you pull out and you all just jizz on the Gudra. Because hmm. it clearly likes goo. Is that a... Is, is that like <laughs> clearly a, likes being sticky. Is that a term? Be like, ah, oh, man, I jizzed on the Gudra again. <laughs> Just get, get, go to the goo. <laughs> that, they know. That's the term. Goo, goo the goo. <laughs> goo the goo. Hey, did you bring the goo this time? Oh, fuck, yeah. dude. I forgot to go, forgot to go oh, get fuck, it from dude, the, you uh, told me a million the Pokemon times. Center. <laughs> told me a million <laughs> times to bring the goo. I feel so stupid. God damn it, I always forget the goo. But I think that's I think that's Goo the goo. Goo the goo. 
You were definitely not making that into a commercial. Huh. <laughs> That's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> it already happened. Yeah, I see cease and desist letters in our future. Josh and I made that yeah. last night. Or we'd get, um, please incest. Inci- I said incest. I meant incest. Please incest. <laughs> please incest. No, please insist letters is what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. I accidentally said incest. But that's, I think that's, I think that's a off the wall, off the beaten path choice. <laughs> they just awkwardly email us and they're like, if you do that two or three more times, we're going to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, let's do one more choice each before we get into some listener comments, because believe it or not, we got some listener comments on that one. Ah. Yeah, it'll be exciting to read some of those. Rich, do you have one more for us? Huh. Um, This seems like another obvious one, but I was like hesitant to even bring it up because I feel like this Pokemon's problematic. Jinx. (laughs) Oh. For sure, she at least loves, or they, I should... Not for the she. sexual reasons, but I like... I can't remember if Jinx is only female. I think she may have been one of the... I think I, I believe so. Um, Jinx is a Pokemon, much in the same way, anytime Mr. Popo comes up in Dragon Ball Z, I go, Mr. Popo is problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jinx is problematic. Can, can you maybe delve more into that? Maybe we'll learn a little bit more about you, or you'll learn a little bit more about yourself into what's problematic about Jinx? Yeah. She is a racist caricature of a creature. Um, Very true. Like, uh, yeah, that's clear sexualization of, like, a, a, a... And this is common in, like, some art themes, some coming out of Japan, some coming out other places of, like, African-American women. Like, it's weird that that Pokemon still exists in any form. Like, there's almost no media of it. Like, they try and avoid it entirely. Uh-huh. And it's even weirder when you consider that, like, I don't know if it was in the Johto generation, but it wasn't. They gave it a pre-evolution past, like, Gen 1, so they weren't ready to give up on it just yet. But, like, it is a purely sexualized character and just a weird caricature that, I don't know. Thankfully, there's enough Pokemon that it just kind of gets buried at this point. But food for thought there. Yeah. I didn't think this was going to get serious, and alas, we just can't avoid it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're I'm not so- wrong. I'm sorry for bringing it down, but like, if you bring that Pokemon up at all, it's worth mentioning that like it's problematic. Yeah, that's fair. I can, I can see that. Josh, do you have one more choice? I do. Um, and this one is not just... Uh, it, it, it's another one where evolution clearly was was working towards this this goal of getting it on of butt sex i mean yeah no no diggersby oh the rabbit with ears that are just fists that was on my short great great big fists torso sized fists on this rabbit that was on my short list let's get it on yeah. What is it doing with those fists, Josh? Well, Diggersby is a very generous lover. Too hmm. generous, uh, some might say, occasionally. Oh, yeah. um. He's up to his <laughs> arms and shit, if you know what I'm saying. Or his arm, up to ears, his el- ear arms? To his, up to his ear bow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned it because it was on my short list. So, uh, my last one, I think, is going to surprise you guys. And you He's guys even got shit stains like, yeah. on his forearms. <laughs> well, two of his forearms. See, he's got yeah, just, four arms with, with that. He's got, you know, that's the nice thing about it. The, the ears are, you know, very large. But he still, mm. still has just regular arms instead of those ear <sighs> arms going on there. In, in case just, that's just a little, a little much. So he could do his taxes while he fists you. <laughs> Let's see. I'll get you the uh, the oh, yeah. little income tax credit there. And oh, is, does that feel mm-hmm. good for you over there, Jim? All right. <laughs> is, that, is that good for you? <laughs> could you imagine going to H and R five minute seeing, comedy hour? Seeing that Diggersby. <laughs> It's our new, our new character is a Diggersby who works for H&R Block. <laughs> and right next to it is a Soapland, and it's only uh, divided by like a thin... Just a, just a leather wall berry. separating the two. Yeah. This is all in Josh's leather castle. <laughs> Josh, you have an H&R Block in there? I mean... Doing taxes on yes, a leather needs to castle is, is that, that's a, it's fairly it's complicated. Yeah. It's, Do you understand what kind of insurance he needs to have on a place like that? Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. only that, but I mean, the, the braggadocious nature of that is unparalleled. Hey, you got an H&R block in your castle? Didn't think so. Oh, you, you don't even have a castle? Your taxes and fisting your own asshole? Mm-hmm. I didn't think so. You little bitch. <laughs> Damn. Damn. No, but my choice, I think, is you guys are going to nod your head yes when I tell you. Adino. Ash Ketchum. And the reason why (laughs) is that when you look at Adino, it radiates pansexual energy. To me. Let me pull up an image here, because I feel like I need to stare at it to really take in everything you're saying. Yes, please stare at it. It is a... uh, it is the pink Pokemon. It has these two little ear tufts that look like earrings. Yeah, I know it the just... one. Hmm? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop. This is more for Josh's sake. This is the picture I'm looking at, and it's helping me to paint a picture okay. that you, you, are, you, are, uh, you were giving here, Shay. So there you go. You guys look at that. Oh, from the show there. Yeah, because it's yes. doing a little role play. Yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. The, the nurse hat kind of helps the thing out there because he... Adino looks an awful lot like a Lollafell. Um, oh, God, it does. It does. But, like, to me, when I look at Adino, it radiates this energy of just, like Josh was kind of saying with the Diggersby, in all seriousness, looks like a giver, just wants to make mm-hmm. the other person feel great. And oh, it yeah, doesn't no. care who it is. They Adino just is want a cuddler. To... For sure. For sure. They're a cuddler. They're the type of person that, like, whether the sex was bad or good, they're going to say, you're doing great. You're mm-hmm. doing such a good job. And yep. it's just a, it's one of those type of people and wants everybody to feel loved and happy. And of course, like, I'm sure if you look deeply into those eyes, there's a, there's a secret hint of wanting to, you know, feel good as well. Mm-hmm. Get some pleasure out of others feeling pleasure, that kind of lover. I, I feel like I'm getting too much into this now. I feel a little weird. No, those little um, ear tassel tendril things i'm yeah 
I'm sure they can do that Navi thing as well. <laughs> oh, the hair, hair fucking. Yeah, yeah, the hair fucking. Yeah. They got options. This, uh, yeah. yeah Adino has happen. options. And to be a generous lover. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think it is one of the most panned, excuse me, panned sexual Pokemon lovers out of the whole Pokedex. Absolutely. I think we're... I, yeah, we're making some assumptions, but as long as we're making assumptions, I think it's a fair one to make. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Thanks. I could be completely off, but I just, I feel like I, 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 I stumbled on something there. But The only knows? one we're sure about is Big Dick B, because he just radiates <laughs> that energy. Big Dick B! For sure. 100% positive on that motherfucker. But um, let's get into some of the listener comments who left some comments on the show for us to read. Um, if you want to leave a comment on the show's topic, every single Thursday at the Sword Chomp Instagram, you can leave a comment and we will read it on the show. Uh, it's always fun for us to be able to read these type of comments because uh, it makes us laugh. Now, uh, first is uh, Lot Bunny or Gardevoir for obvious reasons, left by some guy called Rye13. I don't remember gardevoir let me look it's the psychic grass type yeah it's the one that everybody is gonna say they would fuck oh Oh, okay yeah if they're not if they're not this is the first one of the first images i pull up yeah like i said some of these are way too sexually like gardevoir doing yeah if they're not if they're not you know men of refined taste who would go for salazzle this is this is absolutely fucking terrible, but it's one of those constant memes of like, there's implication that people are fucking Garbodors in the Pokemon universe. A meme that somebody sent me literally the other day that I'm like, this makes me uncomfortable. Where it's that picture of like, yeah, that's another one of the one those. Mm-hmm. It's the picture of of like the shot of the sperm cells talking to each other, and one of them's like, I. I can't believe we're going to get to be humans. Then the other one's like, bro, we're in a paralyzed Garvador. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this shit. Like, yeah, no fanfic of sexualizing these Pokemon. The internet's terrible. Okay. I don't know if, if you knew that. I'm, you know, some, you don't some know how surprised I am that none of those pictures you just showed had, you know, what human genitals. Yeah, no, just like very, <laughs> Engorged labias. Yeah. You know. I, I'm thankful for that, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for safe search. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sick Nartini said, um, Machamp, obviously, and I would assume for the same reason that Josh said Diggersby. Yeah. Or Dexter Jigglypuff. Set of arms. Jigglypuff. Why, why Jigglypuff? Why do Too you guys innocent. think Jigglypuff? Too innocent. Mm. Oh, come Oh. <laughs> I hate the implication of that, to be honest with you. Not that you think that way, Rich. I understand, but... Jigglypuff reminds me of, like, a kid. It's the same reason you wouldn't say Togepi. Yes. Yeah, like, all any any of the evolutions that we didn't see until they gave them beforehand... Ha. Huh. I mean, that Jigglypuff's point. okay. That's a little different. Nice counterpoint, internet. <laughs> Uh, just so nobody thinks we're sick fucks, it is a uh, beautiful, gorgeous Asian lady wearing a Jigglypuff tank top, and uh, the way the picture is cropped, it is uh, around her 
breasts. That's the best. Was that was that <laughs> necessary? Uh, yeah. To I make think sure the implication thinks- that we were just perverted fucks is much better suited to our brand. Yeah, stop trying to tarnish our brand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to bring some, a little bit. Stop trying less. to bring class to this outfit. Yeah, I was trying. I didn't succeed, apparently. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Jigglypuff. Huh. Uh, Tawny probably has the most controversial one, which I, I'm excited for you guys to react to this. I opened with Heracross. <laughs> Drowsy definitely fondles the Pokemon he puts to sleep. And Mr. Mime is a registered sex offender. He's right about both those things. Hypno mm-hmm. is another Pokemon that has something in his Pokedex entry about him kidnapping children. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just do with that information what you will. Drowsy's a fondler, and Hypno just graduates to straight-up kidnapping. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> So, you know, he's not wrong. He's not wrong even slightly, I don't think, that on either of those fronts. I definitely, definitely think Mr. Mime is probably one of the creepiest Pokemon that have ever, that's ever been made. Don't yeah, talk it's about amazing how giving like him that. a mustache makes him respectable. Makes him less a, creepy. Yeah, right? It, it, and he has, that he mustache has makes things so much more consensual all of a sudden. Well, the best part of it is that he has a kink fetish. If you guys are that famous still from the anime where he's eating out of the floor from a dog bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? As long as his fetish doesn't hurt anybody else, I'll let him do what he wants. Not saying that you're not, but just stating outside of that. Sure. Uh, our good buddy Kilted Gamer said Wabuffet. He's shaped exactly like a... Yeah. True. You guys remember Wabuffet? Yeah, mostly as that annoying Pokemon from Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he got that tail. He is shaped like a... Rich? Butt plug. <laughs> exactly. He is shaped like a motherfucking butt plug. So, Wabuffet's definitely got to be down for fucking... And uh, I know that people are going to be remiss because we haven't mentioned the all-popular Ditto. And I actually put on the post, we were excluding Ditto because it's the most obvious choice. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the wishing for more wishes of, of answering this question. It's the like, sex doll exactly. of the Pokemon world. Yeah. Exactly. So we excluded that one. Unfortunately... Our good friend Underpowered didn't get the memo and said Ditto. Ditto is the most commonly used Pokemon for breeding. <laughs> I was like, you didn't read what I wrote, man. Mm. Yeah, but uh, Ditto is the obvious choice there, but we wanted to avoid Ditto for the reasons Josh mentioned. So Every, uh, every Pokemon player has a Ditto that enters the daycare and never leaves it. Yep. Exactly. Poor Ditto. Or Metamon, as he's known, or they're known in Japan. But maybe they're the most pansexual monster besides, or Pokemon besides Audino. They don't even have to get along with the other Pokemon you drop off to have sex with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, they just just transformed to look into whoever's dead wife just showed up there. (laughs) To be fair, we've all had sex with people we don't get along with. Ditto is just a fuck sponge. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, which is... 
sad because he's not even the best one of those. I mean, if we're going with just the happens to be there because, you know, you need one at an orgy, Shuckle is the obvious choice. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> it has so many holes for you to enter. All holes, and anywhere that's not a hole, there's a an appendage coming right out of I'll, there. It's I'll shove I'll shove a bedlam where it needs to go in a pinch. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Josh, I think Shuckle is one we should have mentioned, and we didn't. And you're right. Well, it, yeah. There are so many obvious answers that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shuckle is a fantastic choice. Yeah, I kind of didn't choose that one because Shuckle's really not big on just fucking. Kind of an only orgy sort of a Pokemon. Like if there, if there, if there aren't Requiem at least four people there, Shuckle, Shuckle's not from interested. Requiem for a Dream, where uh, uh, what is her name? The the main female character. She's ride, riding that double sided dildo. You guys remember sure. that? Yeah. Sure. I think that's what it would be like with Shuckle. Like, if he has four appendages showing out, just four women all riding Shuckle. And Shuckle, he has that just, like, innocent, happy look on his face. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just happy to be here, man. He's in for it. And then the nice thing is, because he's in a shell, if it's four guys, then he just leans to one side, empties out, and goes soaks in the river or the ocean, and he's good to go again. Yep. Everybody just does what they gotta do. Shuckle's got a shuck. Um, you guys will appreciate this. Peyton Jones, O2, said to please a woman, lick a tongue, knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah, yeah. We brought him up for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good choice, Peyton. I'm glad we were on the same wavelength there. Um, our friend Violet Ultraviolet said, now you know Mr. Mime has to be a big old freak. See, Mr. Mime. Fucking Mr. Mime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like we were saying again with the whole being able to make walls at a distance and whatnot, he's a, a little rapey for us to bring up. But he's a little sexually aggressive yeah. for our taste. Yeah. He just makes me uncomfortable. Every time I see him. But he is Ash's dad, so we do know he fucked. <laughs> True. True. Uh, our good buddy Corn Space, like mine, said definitely Machamp. I mean, they have many hands. Come yep. on, that yep. just reads MVP in the bedroom right there. Mm-hmm. You know that. And uh, the last one we get is from our good friend Lisa. Miss Crumpkey said Vaporeon. The answer is always Vaporeon. Now, have you guys seen the meme as to why that is? You guys remember no? that? Meme? No, but okay. I mean, just look at the tail on that thing. It's that's, it's the sleekest of the evolution. So so sleek. Well, let me read you guys the Vaporeon meme before we go to break. Hmm. This is a very famous meme now. Hey guys, hmm. did you know that in terms of male, hum, male human and female Pokemon breeding, Vaporeon is the most compatible Pokemon for humans. Not only are they in the field egg group, which is mostly comprised of mammals. Vaporeon are an average of 3 feet and 3 inches tall and 63.9 pounds. This means they're large enough to be able to handle human dicks, and with their impressive base stats for HP and access to acid armor, you can be rough with one. Due to their mostly water-based biology, there's no doubt in my mind that an aroused Vaporeon 
would be incredibly wet, so wet that you could easily have sex with one for hours without getting sore. They can also learn the moves attract baby doll, <laughs> baby doll eyes, captivate charm and tail whip, along with not having fur to hide nipples. <laughs> so it'd be incredibly easy for one to get you in the mood. With their abilities water absorb and hydration, they can easily recover from fatigue with enough water. No other Pokemon comes close to this level of compatibility. Also, fun fact, if you pull out enough, you can make your Vaporeon turn white. Vaporeon is literally built for human dick. Ungodly defense stat plus high HP pool <laughs> plus high HP pool plus acid armor means it can take cock all day, all shapes and sizes, and still come for more. I mean, blue women is the whole reason Bill Shatner went to space, so... I mean, green women, but yes. Yeah. Eh. I, I, I hate mean, this. You went looking for blue women. Found and you green got women. green. Yeah. And you make do with what you got. Blue okay. was Commander Shepard. Green was, uh... And he was blue-green colorblind anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With how conservative Shatner That's is... That's why he I, kept I sending think, all those poor red shirts these colors. down to the planet. Except he had white. no idea. He had no idea about the rules. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, that was a very famous meme that came out a few years ago, and that's why Krumke said, always Vaporeon. Fair. I hate it. Yeah, (laughs) I do too, so. Uh, there you go. For all you out there who say we always take ourselves too seriously, there's a topic for you. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, that was actually pretty fun. We don't usually get to be that crass anymore, and, uh, it was nice. It was nice. I think felt it felt nice to get that out of our system, but stop phrasing it like that. We still doing phrasing. Yeah, it was. Well, the nice thing, it was like we it's been in our backlog for a while. And it's nice to finally pull out or pull it out. I mean, out of the uh, is no trailer. one hearing this. Are we still doing phrasing? <laughs> you know, I figure we would. uh I figure we just, you know, get the... I need to figure out how to face palm more loudly. <laughs> oh, Rich figured that out before the show. I'm surprised he hasn't been doing it. But... Um, I figured we'd start out the year, you know, getting the good topics, lubing it up. <laughs> that Vaporeon thing, though. Only, only on, I'm assuming, 4chan. It's it's got to be it 4chan or Reddit 4chan. are the only two places that would have shown up, and only on those websites does someone hear sixty pounds and think fuckable and not five year old. Yep, yep, exactly. I hate this. <laughs> yep. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's that's the end of the topic, and I I'm kind of happy we're done. <laughs> what a way to end, Gabby! Like, so that's it. <laughs> yep, that's it. We're going to go on break now. We're going to Call your mother, please. Yeah. You 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 need to recover from this podcast somehow. Tell her how much you love her and mm-hmm. how much you appreciate the effort she took into bringing you into this world. That you and have ask, wasted. You've thrown that away. She would fuck. Mm-hmm. You're listening to us instead of doing something with your fucking life. Mm-hmm. What does that say anything. about you? You could be doing anything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, let's let's head to break. We will be back with uh, some game talk. So don't go anywhere. 
Good people of the earth, if you're here listening to the Chompcast, I want to say a big thank you. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the Chompcast isn't the only podcast that we do. That's right! We have Evoking the Sublime, when Shay interviews game developers about the creation of their games. We also have Chomping After Dark, the podcast where we deep dive into the story of video games, as well as the occasional TV show and movie. And lastly, our newest podcast, Chomping at the Bits, went live just a few months ago, where myself and some friends break down the historical relevance of popular video games over the years. We have tons of content, and we'd love for you to check it out and let us know what you think. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, or over at the Sword Chomp website. Now if you ladies are done gabbing, I have some shit to do. We're back from our break. Thank you so much for hanging around and waiting for us. We're going to talk about our first impressions of Pokemon Legends Arceus. Rich, I'm really excited. Josh, I'm sad that you haven't played it yet, but next week we we will get the full scope of the game. This is just breaking down the beginning as full... Oh, go ahead. No, the, the copy that came in today is my daughter's. Um, and I'm sure she's enjoying it. She's yeah, yeah. She's been asking. This is a late birthday present for her. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I bought two copies of it, so we both be <laughs> able to play. And I've I've not. She got the first one because there was no way I was, you know, have, having them come in on parenting. two different days and me taking the first one. So I, yeah. I've I've yet to well, play it. It should be in tomorrow. I mean, that's nice of you as a father, but as a uh, podcast host, I think you really kind of shit on us there. Yeah, yeah. Suck it. As it should be. As it should be. I respect your choice. <laughs> Truth be told. But no, um, full disclosure, Rich and I are only three to four hours in a piece. We were not as fortunate enough to be able to sit down for the last 24 hours and plug away at it like I'm sure some of you have done or whatnot. So our impressions will be, like we said, about the very beginning. And I want to say that. The opening has been interesting so far because the opening is, again, very tutorialized and it's kind of getting you settled into this world, the Hisuian region. region, yeah. And you are a character who doesn't really know. You don't have amnesia, but you don't necessarily know how you came to be in this world. Um, you fell through a rift, and that's all that's really known at the beginning. And it's pretty cool because obviously it's clear that this is an open world game and they have to kind of settle you into both the region and this different gameplay style at the same time. I think it's pretty interesting, Rich. Rich, how do you think feel about that? I'm really into it. Like, again, it, there's a lot of onboarding because it's it's so different from anything Pokemon has done in the past. Um. The and on top of that, they have to onboard people who have never played a Pokemon game, too, in theory. Total, totally. Um, like, the fundamentals of battling are basically the same, but there, there are differences. Like, obviously the biggest being in how you catch Pokemon, you're just basically sneaking up on them in the overworld and 
tossing Pokeballs or battling first if you want to. Um, but there are fundamental changes to battles. I don't know if you've gotten into the um, the agile attack versus like strong attack stuff yet, Shay. Yep. Yep, I've gotten into I've gotten into that. Yeah, yeah. Like, th- there's no PvP in this. I'm wondering if it would come in like an expansion or something like online battling. Hmm. But that sort of active time battle element to it is something I wanted to talk about because I think it does set it apart. Whereas there's more, it's more active. Like, if you hesitate, like the enemy Pokemon could attack before you, and when a Pokemon masters a move, you have the option to use like a basically a heavier light version of it where the light version will do less damage, but you'll be able to act again more quickly. And the strong version will do more damage, but it'll take you longer to act again. Right. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I it's not as active. The combat is not as active as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be 100 percent real time. And that's because I didn't I've watched the trailers. I haven't tried to read too much into what's actually going to happen i don't the from the trailers i've watched i don't remember it showing where you you know you still have the the move select screen where each one of you choose i thought they did show that stuff again yeah i'm aware no no no, i'm just just clarifying i'm just clarifying oh okay okay to be transparent okay yeah I'm, i'm sure it was there i just missed it so it's not a bad thing at all just i thought for some reason i'm sure they're going to be other people out there like me that thought going into this game is going to be 100% active and it's not that and it's not a bad thing it's kind of a an evolution of that which is what Rich is saying and I really like that so far yeah totally um there's a few staples I actually kind of hope again we, we talked a little bit and I'll just get this up out up front I really like what they're doing here I'm going to be disappointed if, like, the next Pokemon game, in terms of a quote-unquote mainline entry, is just bare-bones back to what Pokemon was. Like, I think this is a good bridge forward, and they need to take some ideas from here and, uh, you know, expand on them more so. Well, um, let's... Let, before we get to the end, because that sounds like something you say at the end, let's... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, let's go back to some of the other stuff first, so... Yeah. Um, because I think, I, want- that's a, I think that's a good summation of how we feel so far, but... Let's let's do the groundwork to well, get yeah, there. That, that's what what I was, a, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, that is the point I was trying to make was um, like if we want to touch more on like the little idiosyncrasies of things they changed. Like I don't know how you feel about this because I've heard some people who don't necessarily like it. Um, and this is something I hope they keep. Pokemon just don't like evolve on their own anymore. Like they hit the conditions and then you have to manually do it, which I kind of prefer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you want to talk about the the differences, we can do that now. Um, yeah, that that is one of the big things that is a difference. Yeah, you choose when you want your Pokemon to evolve, and I actually really like that for the main reason of I didn't like in the old games when you had a Pokemon evolving, you had to quickly mash the button to prevent it from evolving because you know there could be you know I a move I'm you playing the game something. and I. I look away for a few seconds, come back, and that Pokemon has evolved, and I didn't have a choice. I think that it's cool that it gives you the the option of when to do that. And it's, yes, it's kind of a pain in the ass, because maybe you're preventing yourself from having a stronger version. And yeah, you might forget about it in the menu, but that, I think this game so far, and this is something that we're definitely going to have to talk about, with the tutorial, the tutorial does a really good job of 
kind of informing you that there is going to be a little bit more micromanagement in this game, and it's a different type of micromanagement. So you're going to be in those menus a lot, kind of similarly to the older games, but the older games, you were in the menus for, you know, healing your Pokemon, arranging the party, things like that. But this one, there's a lot more reason to be in the menus, uh, and especially for different reasons. So you're going to be in those menus. You're going to be looking at your Pokemon. If there's one that can evolve and you forget about it, actually, there's a little animation where there's a little Pokeball above each one of your Pokemon's heads in your party in the menus. And if it can evolve, it will glow. So there, there are all signs point to you not forgetting that that happens. It's just a basically a anything, notification marker. Right. If anything, it's a minor inconvenience, but it is a notable change. Yeah. And uh, this is probably a good time as long as we are getting into the changes to talk about the the biggest change and that this is structurally different than any mainline Pokemon game because there's no Pokemon League. There, There's battling, but it's not about gym battles. I, I do. I gotta say, I fucking love that. I, you know... I I didn't give Sun and Moon honestly probably the proper chance it deserved. The my I like issues that game. the my issues aside from it, I was glad that it kind of de- deviated from the formula and I never got to truly experience that just because I didn't give it its fair shake. Sure. This yeah, the fact that you are not in a league, you're, what you're doing is you are exp- and, and this is so far, obviously. It might change as you get further in the game, but you are exploring this area. You are doing legitimate Pokemon research. Where usually when you come into these games, the research is kind of the on the back burner. You're more yeah, the computer or less, does it for you. Yeah, yeah you're, the computer does the 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 heavy lifting there. Where in this game, you are essentially exploring this region that not many people know about and. Um, this this region, and we're, we'll get into the narrative aspect of it here probably right after this. That's kind of where I think we should go next. But narratively, a lot of people haven't really done a lot of research on these Pokemon, at least in the earlier areas of the game. You encounter a lot of people who haven't done the research. So it's kind of left up to the um, the group that you end up joining early on in the game, very early on in the game. And by yourself you, you you start doing this research and thus creates this loop that rich and i were talking about before the show of you catching multiple of the same kind of pokemon and you fulfilling certain objectives with each pokemon until you reach a mastery within the pokedex yeah you're actually making the pokedex this time yeah, which you're making a pen and paper pokedex yeah which that's always been something that felt weird that like oh no you need, we we need you to go out and make this pokedex but stuff just automatically gets filled in and people like, have obviously you have found all these pokemon yeah. before it's like what am i actually doing it never feels like you're making a pokedex so much as you're just going out and scanning pokemon in the wild yeah but yeah, this one is literally your watching behaviors. You'll have to, as Shay said, catch multiple of them, uh, evolve them a certain number of times. You'll have to do things like witness them use a certain move a specific number of times. Um, there's even, I think they call it like the back hit or whatever. There's some of them will be as simple as like catch this Pokemon without being seen. And there's a lot of 
interestingly enough, as a change from past Pokemon games, uh, you're the one hiding in the tall grass to get the jump on Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. And some of those little cool objectives, I don't want to reveal those because I think that is kind of the magic of this system is that there are some certain objectives for each Pokemon that it was really cool to not have been spoiled on and discover that uh, Rich and I were talking about before the show as well, that it's really cool to kind of discover some of this stuff in there. And it is a game about discovery, much like the things it takes inspiration from. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it clear like that. Yeah, We'll, we'll get into that here shortly. One of the things I wanted to bridge to before we talk about like the inspiration and the looks of the game is the narrative. The narrative is really awesome in in this game because for me, I think the most impactful thing about it is, and this is not a spoiler, we will keep this spoiler free in terms of the narrative, that in this region, almost everyone is afraid of Pokemon. Where you in the in, in the previous games it was all about working together with the Pokemon, or it was about uh both the Pokemon and the people bettering each other's lives through the use of Pokemon. And this game is has completely turned that idea on its head where people stay yeah. largely in the towns that they live in because they're afraid to go out because of Pokemon. And that's why a lot of this research has to be done by you and the group you end up joining because nobody's out there doing it. They're too afraid. And I fucking love that. And yeah, I love the idea of that. And also it it lends itself really well to the side quest, which I don't want to spoil really anything here, but like there's some questionable Pokedex entries over the years. (laughs) Um, And there's some side quests in here that answer some of the weirder things in those entries. Uh, Yeah. Specifically, Shay and I were talking a little bit about before the show and I will will not reveal what happens, but I will just say everyone knows Drifloon's Pokedex entry has some weird shit in there and uh this game has a side quest that will explain to you why that weird shit is in there (laughs) um uh likewise there's an early quest i really like where one of the guardsmen in the town is talking to you and he's like do you know the pokemon wormple i heard that it evolves into this beautiful pokemon called beautifly and i'd really like to have my own wormple so i could evolve it and have beautifly be my pokemon partner so he wants you to go out and catch him a wormple and now every time i go to the village he's standing guard with his wormple uh by his side Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love the fact, too, is um, he asks you to name the, yeah, he, the Wurmple out of the three choices based off of what the final evolution is going to be. Rich, which name did you go with? Uh, I think it was Butisha. I think that was the first one. That's what I picked. I went with Bugene. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> Bugene, I was like, you got to go with Bugene. Bugene is good. <laughs> Not going to deny that. Good. Yeah, there, there's like little humor in that interspersed with the more serious nature of the game. So, so far it's it's that. And one of the other things I had pointed out to Rich as we were messaging before the show, before we even got on here to record, is I love just the demeanor of people in this world. It feels so much more varied. You know, like in a in a typical Pokemon game, it felt like either people were super chipper or super at big assholes. That that was like mainly the two types of people you ran into in a Pokemon game. Whereas now you have someone who's afraid and feels like they are not accomplishing enough in their own lives. You have uh, the hard nosed commander that you meet pretty early on in the game that is a you earn my respect type of character. 
you have the you have the sorry that's the captain excuse me and then you have the that's commander the above the, the captain who is a like we have a mission to achieve and this is how this is what we're going to do and we're going to get it done like driven a very focused character you have the you still have the lighthearted characters here and there you still have the very generous I really like here um this pokemon professor because i feel like to me the pokemon professors in past games always aired like a certain degree of competence but this Pokemon professor is more like a hapless academic. Like, yes, he's clearly a guy who spent his entire life with his nose in books and doesn't really know what to do with the actual field study aspects of it. And I, yes. I th- different take. I really like your, your rival sort of has this dynamic of someone who really understands the field research, but maybe doesn't take to the battling aspect quite as well as you. And is trying to learn from you in that respect. There, there's a lot of cool character dynamics here. Hmm. There is, and there's a lot of variation in that. One of the cool things I like, and this is very early on, so we're not spoiling much here, is one of the characters who helps you at the very beginning, she has a Pokemon, and they refer to the main Pokemon, like the the starter Pokemon you get as partners in this game, which I like. She's not very close with her Oh, they don't have the same legal rights, but it's it's still good that they're recognized (laughs) by the state. it's It's for tax purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Early on, she establishes that she doesn't have a great relationship with her partner for a specific reason, which that I won't spoil because that that is that's the beauty of learning some of that stuff. But she doesn't have a great relationship. And so it starts to set this narrative of, okay, not everyone who has Pokemon are just these super in tune, great uh you know not symbiotic that's not the word i'm looking for mutualistic relationships these beautiful nice you know it's not like that type of pokemon game and i like that there's this variability in the characters that you encounter early on totally um one of the things that we definitely have to discuss is kind of the early criticism that this game has gotten from a lot of reviewers and some people online saying that the game is ugly or that the game, the game's textures and the way it looks just isn't great. Now, uh, Rich, I'm sure you heard some of that criticism as well. How do, how do you kind of feel about that early on? Granted? Yes, we are very Uh, early on, but how do you feel about it? I think it's a fair criticism. Um, cause it is not like breath of the wild pretty or anything like that, but, it's not ugly, um, and it runs smooth, and it's got a big world, and I don't really think you need much more than that. Like, the baseline for what you're going to compare it to is Breath of the Wild, and it's not as pretty as Breath of the Wild. Um, it's still impressive they did that right out the gate. Yeah, and on the I, I, I think that's, you need... Real quick, Rich, sorry. That's the yeah, one thing sorry. I wanted to say is, and I will go into my lengthier details la- or thoughts later, but... The fact that this game doesn't look as good as Breath of the Wild doesn't take anything away from the game for me. It just makes me feel like, wow, Breath of the Wild really was doing something magical. And I can't believe it 20, in 2017 that it was doing that. That's how I felt. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And the reason I say that specifically is because you also need to think about the concessions that had to be made for a game like this, obviously, because there's a few things to think about. And there are one, Breath of the Wild's beautiful, it's got this amazing ecosystem. Pokemon has a lot more considerations to take in. One, it's on a totally different engine. But two, the level that the AI performs at has to be way different than Breath of the Wild. Like, every, you're talking over 200 Pokemon are in this game. 
and every single one has totally different behavioral patterns. They need to all be equipped to be able to be caught, fought, be in your combat party. Like, as far yeah. as, like, mechanically, there's a lot going on in Under the Hood, and concessions have to be made in spots, and I think the way these creatures interact both with each other and with you in the environment um, is part of the reason concessions like that had to be made, and it, I think it... Yeah. What I've seen so far, which is about four hours of gameplay, like... It doesn't need to be any prettier than it is. I think it's fun to look at. I know there's some more varying areas as you progress. I'm excited to see more because I'm, I'm less excited about being like that waterfall is pretty as fuck and more excited about seeing like, look at that fucking herd of Zubat over there. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I, I'm not the biggest graphics whore in the world. Not that I necessarily like. That I'm more term. of a graphics slut. More a graphics. Uh, never well, mind. I'm going to stop. It, I almost said. Yeah. The make, making the world say. work. Kind of like you're saying with the AI there is there's less than a dozen enemies in Breath of the Wild that they need to have AI for. Um, yeah. With, they just know, vary the colors. Well, not just vary the colors. Like, they make them more aggressive, which I'm sure yeah, either moves different actions to the top like, or, and of or turns off different actions here and there. But you're but, talking about 200 plus monsters yeah, in this It's game. a very different thing just trying to run that simulation. Right. So... I like when I think about this game and I think about the the graphics or the fidelity whatever you want to say when I look at something when I look at uh Sword and Shield the environments in that game were stunning and beautiful and gorgeous and that to me makes sense because you're going to each route you're going to each location it is a very localized the smaller version linear, of that so of course of course it's the non-open going areas. to be gorgeous whereas when you're playing this game you aren't as concerned with each area being breathtaking. You're more concerned about the scale of the game and what you're going to find inside of these vast open world areas. Now, yes, it is amazing that Breath of the Wild manages to look as good as it does. And the reason why we keep referencing that is because it's so clear that this game has taken inspiration from Breath of the Wild. Um, also, it's a Nintendo product as well. but. For me, so far, it hasn't really affected my gameplay at all. I still think it looks good, not Same great, here, yeah. not amazing. It looks good, and it's whimsical, and there are moments where um, I have thought it's looked pretty good, like at nighttime when the day is changing into night and you start seeing the, the sky change into stars. I thought that was gorgeous, actually. I really see- different creatures come out as like that day night cycle changes like there's beauty in the world apart from like that normal nature and just creatures and all that right so f- fidelity wise yes it is not the greatest looking game and maybe it is a step back in that regard and also i've had some issues with pop in from time to time as um it loads up certain things further off in the background a little bit late but it doesn't really detract from me. I, I, I've to this day, I don't get why people lose their shit over Poppin. It's never really bothered it's, me. Yeah, it, it's it's fine. There is no game without Poppin. Is kind of what it boils down to. Some games are better at faking it than others, but like, if you know what you're looking for, you will always see it. Is like there games? There's no way to. Yeah, we yeah. can't avoid that. Yeah, right. um, it's but, it's it's a little bit more noticeable in this game, but it doesn't bother me. No, yeah, I have not had a problem that's been distracting or anything. Um, Shay, you talked a little bit about, like, the obvious Breath of the Wild inspiration. And 
while you're on that, I kind of wanted to talk to this because it, maybe it's because it's a smaller audience, and I feel like it's worth mentioning as someone who's played a lot of those games. Like, there's Breath of the Wild comparisons to be made for sure, but this game is so much more inspired by Monster Hunter than it is by Breath of the yeah, Wild. Absolutely. Um, down to like its camp system and having the literal same item box as Monster Hunter. Like, mm-hmm. the camps you set up at in this game are Monster Hunter camps. Like, the thing I would say to anyone who like finishes this game and are like, I want more of a game like that. That's like a similar grind. That's maybe a little more challenging. Like you should get into monster hunter rise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it, it, it up for like an action combat though. system. Yes. Yeah. Totally different and way more challenging combat, but like the inspiration is very clear. Like the resource gathering. I don't know if we mentioned this at this point, but like this game taking place in like sort of a feudalistic era in the Pokemon world. Um, Pokeballs are a new invention and they are craftable that you make out of like fucking acorns. Um, Hmm. so I mean, you can buy Pokeballs, but it makes more sense to gather the materials in the wild and craft them yourself. Yeah. I, I like the fact, yeah, everything in this feels like a throwback that you are getting the basics of what Pokemon is today. You, it, it almost feels like a prequel in a lot of ways. And I really like that. I mean, well, um, it, it is in most, like, yeah. it, weirdly, a reinvention and a prequel in one. Yes, yes, exactly. I, w- I would agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah, it, but it, yes, I would agree. It does feel very much inspired by something like Monster Hunter. I definitely yeah. would agree with that. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love the, the exploration so far. The... Mm, the thing is, granted, I haven't come across a mount yet, and I know you probably do at some point. There's more I've than got... a few. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, they're, the world is littered well, with it's, them. It's, um... I just, I haven't, I've, I've felt already a, a slight bit fatigued with exploring that same area without any kind of, granted, I haven't run into it with any kind of different mode of transportation, and because there isn't a whole lot to explore just the different Pokemon doing the different research and the different resources that I started feeling towards the end, right before we started the podcast, just a slight bit fatigued um, by that. If you're hitting that wall, Shay, I think you need to let yourself move on to the next area because as you mentioned, the mounts thing, it is like the HM stand in this game has the, this is the Pokemon you ride as a mount. This is the Pokemon you fly around on. This is the Pokemon you surf on. There's a, a rock climb Pokemon whose back you ride on. Um, and it like and it's not like a in past games like, oh, I need to stop and hit use this. It's just I move into the water. I'm hopping on the Pokemon I surf on. I move towards a rock face. I'm hopping on the back of the Pokemon I rock climb on. Mm. That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah, I I do want to get to that next area. And I, I am starting to progress that story because I, I kind of hit the, you know, I'm going to be doing kind of the the research aspect of it, which I like that loop. But um, I also I want to it. see some more stuff as well. And there is even that that first like area where the story bridges you off a little bit from like once you pass that first bridge and head into the mountains, there's so much more to see even just up that way. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I haven't really explored that much stuff yet. Like, and yeah, you mentioned a- to me you hadn't seen Cricketot or anything yet. Like just across that bridge, there's a whole new biome of Pokemon to find. Cool. Cool. I'm excited for that. One of the last things I wanted to mention, and I, I, Rich, I'll also open up the floor to you for any last things you want to mention, is the music and audio production in this game. I guess just in general. The music is, to me, 
is good enough to have the potential to be iconic in its own way. Obviously, there's some inspiration. Um, you know, you have the typical Pokemon tracks, and they're kind of interpolated in this game. But there are a lot of new tracks, too. And they are very, very catchy. They fit the mood so well. And I really like what they're doing with the soundtrack in this game. Like, listening to a few of the tracks, it kind of felt like a throwback to past generations of consoles for me, in a way. Which makes sense, because it's a, you know, a reimagining of Pokemon slash a prequel in some ways. It felt really good to listen to some of those tracks as I was moseying around in the world. Totally. I'm glad you brought that up, because I, it was slipping my mind. But some of that music's already really stuck with me. Um, and I think the smart thing they did is a lot of it is, uh, tooled, like, older Pokemon themes, um, using, like, more, like, period-specific instruments and interpretations for, yes. like, something that would be set in, like, a feudal Japan, like, samurai film or something. Hmm. And, uh, some of that stuff plays really nice. Like, I, I've been playing a lot of it on my TV docked, actually, and I'm glad I have it hooked up to a good sound system, because yeah. some of that music's real good. It's really good. On the flip, like, there, now on the, I don't want to say flip side. Now, in terms of audio production in general, I have, like, some really highs and I have some questionable things. I love, I know this is such a small, specific thing, but I love the little ding sound that is like a confirmation sound every time you click a menu or you click forward on someone's dialogue. It makes this incredibly nostalgic ding that um, I don't think is... I, I don't think it's the same sound as previous Pokemon games. I could be wrong on that. I'd have to listen side by side. It's similar. But different. Yeah, I, I believe you're right in that. And it's so satisfying to hear that sound every single time I hear it. I'm like, oh, that's satisfying. I, that's the, that's the, something that's overlooked way too often. The, the little UI sound effects that you're going to hear mm. constantly. It's another thing Breath of the Wild did really well. Yeah, like that that is such a big portion of your overall experience with the game that sadly sadly doesn't get enough attention in some cases. Like it's I feel like I feel like enough people in the industry know that that's important at this point that it's not always like you you don't normally see horrible versions of that, but it's really nice when you see great versions of it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's been really nice. On the flip side of that, I noticed this today a little bit as I was playing and Rich, maybe you didn't notice this. I know it's a nitpicky thing, but I noticed it. Is the footsteps in this game sound really fucking weird? <sighs> now I'm going to notice it. <laughs> like they sound like massive giant clunking plopping footfalls that don't sound natural. Well, you are like, wearing wooden sandals. <clears throat> But that's not what it sounds like. You'll, you'll, like when you listen today, when you or tonight, when you go back and play, or tomorrow when you play, listen to the footsteps a little bit and tell me it doesn't sound unnatural. Because I, it was such a minor thing. But when I heard it, I was like, "Fuck, I can't unhear this." Exactly what you said too. So we'll see. I'll I'll I'll, I'll get back to you with that one. Yeah, but otherwise, uh, I like one of the things I really like about. The game's audio production is the closer obviously you get to a Pokemon, you can hear it makes it make their various calls. And as you encounter different Pokemon, the the distance and the direction, you can also hear that as well. And there I don't 
uh, I don't want to reveal the the variants of Pokemon quite yet. I'm sure you can find it early on, but I really don't want to spoil that because the first time I came across one, it was so cool to see that. Um, there are certain variants of Pokemon you've already seen before that when you hear them, a very specific, or when you see them, a very specific type of music plays and their call is actually altered in some way, shape, or form. And it adds to the experience. And a lot of that is done auditorily. So I really appreciated, for the most part, they put a lot of work into that. And I've liked that so far. Um, Very cool. One other thing I, I, I guess I thought, I thought about really quickly before I, I throw the, or I give you the floor, Rich, is the customization of the main character feels like it's so far has taken a bit of a step back in this game compared to other games, which I'm, I'm not, it's not the biggest deal for me to be honest with you, but if one of the joys you took in or you, you had in the past Pokemon games was taking in everything you can do to customize your character, you might be a little bit disappointed here. Maybe not. I'm not sure. I, I was able to customize my character exactly how I wanted him to be. And Rich, I know that uh, you made an awesome character, which I'll let you talk about. But yeah, uh, so, just something to be aware of. Yeah, that stuff expands as the game goes on. Just just so you're aware, like uh, I, I, I figured as much. They dish more options out. Um, yeah, I've been messing around with my characters look quite a bit because there's some really, really great options. I can finally be one of the karate guys from past Pokemon games. <laughs> yes, just wear a gi everywhere. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess in terms of final thoughts, like I really can. As of right now, I have pretty much nothing but good things to say, and I could really chalk it up to, like, I, well, I'm sure we'll get into this more next week once we played more, but um, my main concern at this point is that I really hope Game Freak doesn't just make another mainline game after this that doesn't take anything from this. Um, yeah. This feels like the proper reinvention and the proper step forward to freshen this series up and try new things that I think are mostly paying off here. Um, I'm really excited to dig into more of this game. That that mm. the conversation I've been hearing about this so far. Granted, it's been early, but because of the broken leak, it's actually been about three weeks. Date. Yeah, uh, it, it's been you know we're getting a lot of this early. It seems like this is really catching on for a Pokemon side game. Um, the biggest thing I hope we see going forward is that there's only one of these fuckers. I am so done with the two games release for the mainline series. Bullshit. Especially now that they're $60 games. Just fucking stop. We're done with that. Like, don't, you don't do that anymore. Um, I don't know anybody who I've ever talked to who's like, yeah, let's... Let me get $120 worth of Pokemon games. Yeah, I've never I would never anybody. buy both. Like, I, it doesn't really bother me because, like, I've always gotten the, like, aspect of, like, encouraging trading, like, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Um, but I would not complain if that went away. I think the system has evolved at this point to where <laughs> there's no need for that. Yeah, no, uh, there really I, I isn't. I think that's kind of what you're saying as well. Yeah, there really isn't at this point. Um, and like, I get trying to promote the community, but having one game where you can collect everything on your own, if you want to, 
is just infinitely better. It's so much better than forcing you into that if you don't want to, because this is a turn-based RPG. You should be able to beat the thing by yourself, do whatever you want with it all without having to interact with those systems. All it's chalked up to is a checklist where we all have a friend in our life where when the new Pokemon game comes out, we're it's like, like, I'm getting this right, one. Catch, catch two of every type version and then we'll trade with each other. Exactly. Like, And it, it's a pain in the ass because you end up beforehand having to go through, find a list of everything that's specific to your version so you can catch yeah. extras for your friends, which spoils some of that. And like, it's just, just don't just it becomes, don't, it becomes guys. a chore. It becomes a chore, not a fun gameplay quirk. Yeah. Like it's way more fun to like, if you're breeding specific ones, be like, okay, this is, this is close to perfect or whatever. Let me, let me give some of these out to my friends. It'd be way more fun to give them, a good version of something specific that you've been working towards than just the one required thing that they need. Um, it just, yeah, like it's sure. I like, I like that system way better making it feel like a nice thing you're doing for them instead of something you're required. It's not an obligation. I'm more forgiving if it's something narrative for a narrative purpose for example the fire emblem uh what was it 2015 2016 game birthright and oh those were two very different game birthright and conquest birthright and conquest yes thank you that makes sense to have two different versions because they are essentially two different games and there's enough content in yeah like all different campaigns to it yeah yeah, that makes sense. But also, to be fair, that game allowed you to, for a cheaper price, buy the other one's campaign as DLC. Exactly. Why? Why that? Yeah. Why that this system is still going on is confusing to me. But um, yeah. so far, in terms of Legends Arceus, it's been a fantastic and fun experience so far. I'm excited to see. <coughs> I'm w- eager to play more. more. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be plenty more. So yes, 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 yes. Next, let's talk about Solar Ash. Um, now, Josh has been patiently, patiently waiting for Rich and me to <laughs> get further in this game to talk about it. I have gotten to about the halfway mark on this game. I was going to try and finish it up, finish it up last night, and I could not resist the call of Pokemon. So I'm sorry, Josh. I can <laughs> discuss up until about the halfway mark, and then I got to bow out. But Solar Ash is the new game from Heart Machine. Uh, they created Hyperlight Drifter, which is... A, and we've, we've talked about this game some already at this point. It's a game that's very near and dear to our hearts. And we, we've been anticipating this game for a while now. It came out last year, uh, December 9th or 7th, I believe, which was the same day Halo came out and kind of got lost initially in the shuffle of end-of-the-year stuff. and. Halo Infinite hype. So Rich and I have finally been able to get more time, sink more time into it now. And Josh, as he patiently awaited, um, now gets to talk about it in pretty much full detail at this point. So um, Josh kind of like, we discussed it a little bit recently, kind of like the very beginning impressions on it. Like, yeah, how you as a main character, you're skating around, you're in this world that is a very gorgeous world. Um, it, how it stands out differently from Hyperlight Drifter, 
the the story is interesting i i, I want to say that that we, we talked about it a little bit last week kind of like apocalyptic style setting where your planet's about to be destroyed and you as the main characters uh ray is her name set off to try and save your planet as it is essentially plunging into a very slowly into a um black hole mm-hmm. that's where it starts now i'm i'm at the point to where i've killed the second creature i'm uh, trying to kind of be vague here <laughs> i've killed yeah. the second creature at this point and it's um it's it's interesting that the 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 giant seemingly omnipotent creature that you run across keeps giving these like vague sentences of what's happening what's gonna happen and whatnot um does yeah. that kind of clear up later in the game yes yeah no you'll you'll understand that by the end um I know you're thinking about what you can say without Yeah, spoiling. no, there are there are a bunch of things that I could like easily say that, you know, to kind of discuss the themes that are just massive spoilers um that I'm trying to well, avoid. But yes, no, that that you you'll come to understand who that character is, why they seem to know so much um hmm. about what's going on. Um By by the end of the game, um, kind of I, I mentioned earlier on about how since the game starts with you kind of having having crashed on this planet and kind of lost your memories, it's, it's kind of similar to a Metroid Dread thing. Like they start you off with a like explanation of what's going on, what your mission is, and and whatnot. Here you're going to this thing, and all of a sudden you find yourself crashed landed on you know, the place you were going in the first place and missing, missing a big chunk of, of what's going on. It's a very similar sort of a, a situation narratively. Um, um, but, but this one's doing something way less, uh, it, it, it's, it's more, Kind of, I said this before. How it's it's way more metaphorical of like kind of using using this apocalyptic setting as a uh, it. It is very metaphorical. I I, yeah. I want to interject there and say that like even with some of the smaller journal entries and stuff you find, some mm-hmm. of that is definitely more direct, kind of filling you in on those who came before you, trying to achieve what you tried to achieve, or yes. the journal entries you find of someone who existed in the particular area you're trying to quote unquote yes you are not the fix. first you are not the first planet that has been destroyed by this ultra void which is the black hole that apparently has additional properties seems to be seeking out planets or whatever else uh is kind of the kind of the underlying thing going on there um yes you're not the first ones to come you know to to have to have dealt with this um and i'm kind of mm, go ahead sorry no 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 i just i really think they handle that kind of metaphorical use of the setting well um yes it's really easy to be 
way too heavy handed with something like this. And you know, like we mentioned this before or last week, um, how your mileage is going to vary as far as like what, what you're okay with as far as, uh, how, how that sort of story is treated. So, um, trying to trying to think about a way to explain this as far as as far as well how 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 much of the literal like plot beat by plot beat story makes sense in universe hmm. like as just a straightforward narrative uh like some people need that to make complete sense period for any of the metaphors to really uh resonate just justified for them uh whereas like some other stories is not much actually holding the whole thing together other than the metaphor um i mean looking at you know like a lot of the stephen king stuff you kind of like it they're they're very metaphorical like this is saying something main is scary yeah exactly like they're they're the actual in-universe stuff is a little bit more fuzzy compared mm. to the you know this is a story about x sort of a you know big picture ideas that they're that they're putting forward and this is this right. is more this is more along that line of like uh that that is really cohesive but i mean not not to say that the you know the world itself falls apart you know with with any poking at it but it's way more in that vein of storytelling yeah i like to me i i'm kind of approaching this story with the knowledge and experience of what i had with hyperlight drifter where mm-hmm. you really aren't given much information you're kind of fit into the middle of this conflict yeah and and obviously you kind of go through this story which is a small window into the bigger picture and there's some there's something to glean from that metaphorically and that that tracks with um both kind of what heart machine as a studio does and the creator alex preston kind of if, if if you've ever read anything anyone out there have ever read anything about who he is or kind of like the stuff he's gone through in his own life it kind of tracks so um i've kind of approached this game with that knowledge and experience in hand. But for those of you who haven't, who have played this game or are interested in this game, it is heavy on the metaphor. And there's, there's a reason for that. And even though I haven't finished the game, I have my ideas about where the game's going to go just based off of that knowledge. I have of both yeah. the creator slash developer and from the experience of Hyperlight drifter. Now I imagine that there are going to be some twists and turns. I don't expect, but I, I still have my ideas and I want to see how they come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's it's not it's not just retelling the same sort of themes that Hyperlight Drifter was. Like you can very much tell like like we mentioned before, like oh this is kind of same universe sort of style to it. We mentioned a lot of the reused musical like stings coming in mm. in different places. Um it's it's weird because this game feels more metaphorical because it's more concrete at least to me um because instead of being very vague told wordlessly 
the way the the other game was that that left so much more up to the imagination of what's going on in this world as as a logically consistent universe it it at least to me felt more um like real like i i don't understand yeah like i don't understand as much what's going on here because they're way more vague about it whereas in this one they give you more pieces of it and because you have more context it makes it feel less um like a real place at least to me like this is way more like once once you put into words what you're you're going for here the metaphor kind of rises to the surface more more immediately than hyperlight drifter did to me um mm. is kind of the big difference in the storytelling style that I'm yeah. kind of getting from it yeah i would you know i would kind of agree with that the thing for me is that this game definitely stands out from their previous title because the world that you were kind of entering, the character you were playing, everything was vague. Everything was hazy. And that fits so well into what the, the purpose of the narrative was, what it ultimately was trying to say. This is kind of a different thing. I mean, it's an evolution of that. And I, to me, it represents kind of uh, life stages and also represents without spoiling anything, just the representation of the theme there and how that can evolve unto itself. So I know, I know we're, we're kind of being vague here, but they're, they're... Yeah, yeah. Trying not to spoil stuff is, is really tough with, with games like these, but kind of like we mentioned before, there's an explanation of who you are and what your goal is at the beginning of this game. And you, you have that as context for everything coming after. Whereas yes. you're, just kind of dropped into hyper light drifter and have to figure out everything yeah. uh, without context. And uh, I, I think that kind of, kind of like I was saying earlier, at least for me makes it feel like you're trying to understand a world more than you're trying to understand the uh, conflict. Understand the conflict, the characters, the, like the, the, the overall story that they're trying to tell. Right. And and you had to do that in Hyperlight Drifter, but that's more the focus here because they give you some of that outside context of what does any of this mean? Here, yeah. here's this what this means. Like you you're given a specific mission uh right from the start. Um exactly. that kind of frames everything else you're doing at that point. I I think that it's I think it's really smart that the gameplay kind of mirrors that as well because in the original game, it's or sorry, in Hyperlight Drifter, it's uh, it's so much more about the action adventure, but it's also largely about the exploration, and that's due to the style of the game. This game is, you know, very similar in that, but because to me, Ray skates around everywhere. This kind of makes it feel like to me that this game is almost a little bit more on rails for the pr- focus of it of the narrative, and I think that even yeah. the her movement. I, I'm sure it was uh, on purpose, but maybe oh, not. Oh, yeah, yeah, to no. To me, that in, unto itself feels like a metaphor for uh, conveying the story. 
Yeah, the the you can you can take your time, you can explore, you can see what's going on, but the story, the the narrative under under all of that is you're trying to save your planet. You're kind of you're on the clock. Like maybe if I if I can get there and accomplish this soon enough, I'll save my planet. Having having that fire lit under you from the beginning um, does very much feel like I've got something to do. I want to go do it. The skating sort of feel to the movement um, really reinforces that uh, because you can you could you could walk everywhere if you wanted to. That's an option. Uh, it feels like you shouldn't narratively no. within the game. Um, well, even even um, gameplay wise, it's not wise to do that. As oh you yeah, get yeah. Further into the game as well. I mean, like you could do that when you're doing the simple basic exploration stuff. But as you start finding more enemies and stuff, it behooves you to learn how to move quickly, especially yeah. because it feels like every area, large part, is exploration, but it's also building you up to the boss you're about to fight. At least, and that's what it's felt like in the first few boss fights that I've done. Is mm-hmm. that you are you are being trained through gameplay to learn how to fight the boss you're about to fight. And it's not an easy boss fight. Like I've died multiple times on both boss fights. But it's it's fun. It's a fun loop to to figure out how to control Ray and all the things she can do and then kick try and kick the boss's ass. That's been really fun. Yeah. Rich, you haven't chimed much in in I I know that you're not as high on the game as probably Josh and I are. How far are you right now? Um, I'm I'm still in like the second area. I haven't really gotten back to it much. Um, I'm interested to hear you guys like talk. Here's the thing with this game. I really like the gameplay. I don't know what it was about the story, but like from the word go, I just did not care. Um, I kind of just wanted everybody to shut up so I can get back to rollerblading. <laughs> um, and. I mean, that's- that's sort of how I've treated it, and I, I think I said this last time, like, I, I kind of appreciated the more deft hand of Hyperlight Drifter, where you aren't really given a lot of context and left to sort of glean most of it for yourself. Like, I don't know, they're throwing a lot of narrative beats at me, and I just don't feel like that heart machine strong suit. Uh, I'm glad you're both enjoying it. I, I think the gameplay is phenomenal, and it's something I do plan on finishing. Um... Uh, when when the time presents itself, it'll probably be relatively yeah. soon that I will get back it's, to it. It's and get funny it. w- without spoilers. I kind of feel like by the end, narratively, the game kind of comes down in your camp, Rich, where yeah. where a lot of that narrative at the front end is like, here, let's give you some big stakes to worry about, and then kind of by the end, um. Like there's not not that the narrative drops off and you're just gonna you know be able to ignore it at that point, but it kind of it like it I've narratively it so leads you to kind of what you're you're talking about of sure you know, that that, well, that, that more experiential the... type of a you know game that that but, first half an hour left me going wow I sure don't care about any of this well I I think that's the probably the big problem there um you know that jo- Josh said the the game at the beginning is trying to kind of establish the big stakes there when they should have established the big skates. But <laughs> I was so, I was waiting for like a minute for you guys to shut the fuck how, up so I could how, say that. How joke. am I gonna say this? 
Oh, I was like, I knew exactly how I was going to say it. And I was like, shut the fuck up so I can say this joke. Because <laughs> if, if you, if, <laughs> you're like me playing the game, be like, shut the fuck up so I can rollerblade. Um, <laughs> it's, my, my, my takeaway from this game is that Jet Set Radio is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> the, the, uh, the thing for me at the end of the day is, you know, I think Josh is probably the most connected with the narrative because he's finished the game and I'm about, I'm about halfway through at this point, right, Josh? I'm correct in saying that. Yes. No. No. The the it's not a particularly long game. No. Like the they give you like it, it. It's pretty easy to tell. Like they give you a progress bar of like, oh, you've done X of however many things at the beginning. Right. Like whenever you turn it on, there's nothing uh, like kind of fooling you about that. That's that's basically the thing. You'll get to the end and there's like an ending section but that's basically your progress so it's easy to tell where you are yeah. overall just yeah, by looking at that when you start the game so that's you're halfway through I, if you think you're halfway through you're halfway through most of the time in games i think that and i'm like i'm not anywhere near to halfway being done yeah so sometimes they give you that and it's consume. like no like the first two go really fast then everything slows way down or something weird like that but no it's a pretty good estimation that they give you okay going into it that's so. good that's good. Well, the thing I'll say there is I may not be as high on the story quite as Josh is. I'm definitely higher than Rich, but knowing the pedigree so far, and granted it's one game of um, Heart Machine and what Hyperlight Drifter did, that I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt going forward. Sure. I mean, if you want to know how close they have been paying attention, like a few minutes ago when you started referring to the character as Ray, I was like, I guess that's her name. <laughs> You know, what's funny is uh, this year I'm doing something a little bit different because every year I always forget people's names. I always forget things in games <laughs> that I'm doing the rich method and I'm taking notes as I'm playing each there game. There you go. So I don't start. So I remember names important. and remember things now. Yep. I'm tired of forgetting. I feel like, especially as the host of a podcast that is talking about video games, I feel like I need to start doing a better job of that stuff. So. I mean, yeah, I can understand that, but um, I totally get that, Rich, because that's been me my whole life, but I want to... Sometimes I just want to shut off and rollerblade, you know, man? I yeah. get it. No, it took about it. 20 years for anyone to realize Link is the name of the main character in Zelda, so... That's oh, understandable. Uh, uh, this game has made me really excited for Cyberfunk Bomb Rush. Yeah, yeah, I've been excited that for a while. I'm, I'm still... Yeah, looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm excited. I will hopefully have this. Well, no, not hopefully. I will have this game finished here in the coming days. And then uh, Josh and I and can hopefully get our final thoughts out. Uh, Non-spoilery thoughts out about that, which will probably be a very brief mention because, you know, the back end is largely spoiler stuff. And hopefully we're, we're able to do a Chomping After Dark on that, even if it's kind of a shorter show. Just because... I can't wait for you to tell me what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then maybe we can encourage Rich to finish it. But um, yeah, I, I definitely have to get it finished this week. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But we have one more game to discuss before we head on to a break and do the back end of the show. Nobody Saves the World, which, you know, we talked about. Well, not we. You two had talked about some last week. And... I wanted to give you guys the floor one more time to discuss it because I know you guys have put a lot more time and effort into it. So wanted to kind of hear more of your guys' thoughts on it. 
Yeah, I'm I'm closing in on the end of that one. Um, still really like it. Almost a, a comparison to draw, similarly to the last game we were discussing. This is another game where like the gameplay is so fucking good that I'm loving. The writing isn't doing much for me. Um, yeah, it feels too tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's a little bit like, haha, look at this. Like, like everything's too, a bit. Almost, yeah, almost too time capsule I don't think it's going to age well, humor-wise. Yeah. Um, but I think the loop is, like, a mindless enough fun romp, like that dungeon crawler that has somehow turned grinding into a, f- like, the fun part of the game rather than a chore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, I've we mentioned the dungeons last week and that kind of feels like, Oh yeah, you're going to want to go in here and fuck around. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the game. Go in here and fuck around is, is the game. Um, and th- those, I, I have almost every form save for the like last one at this point. I don't know how you're doing on that. I'm Josh halfway through, well, halfway through the forms ish. So I like, I'm not halfway through the game, but yeah, I've but got like, about half of them unlocked. Some of those, like, ability-combining things just get wild at this point. Like, I I ran a dungeon recently that has probably one of my favorite dungeon modifiers on it because it makes you think the most outside of the box and how your builds are going to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, The dungeon modifier is everything does 999 damage. (laughs) Everything. You and enemies. So, like, basically, you want to build some, like, proper warding for damage types. Oh, yeah. uh, Makes the egg very valuable. Yes, and that's what I was going to get to. Having fully upped the egg ability, which one of your forms in this game is egg. And one of the egg's latent abilities is you can never take uh, more than like one-fourth damage from a hit. It's like one-third I think it starts as a third, but then... And I brought it down to like a sixth at this point from leveling it up. Um, This game's just weird and fun in action, and there's nothing more delightful than... Walking backwards through a dungeon is a horse donkey kicking everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, the gameplay is so ridiculously solid that the, the part that bugs the fuck out of me right now is the mess futzing around in the menus, which is ha- half of the puzzle, is figuring out how to yeah. do it. I like that. Can be tedious, but, but... I think it's bothering you more than me, but I don't think your concerns are not valid. It's... They don't have a system for picking where you save your different forms on, on your quick select wheel. It's done by what you've used the most last, which... It, yeah, there's an algorithm basically running in the back yeah. assigning stuff to a wheel for you. Which is which for annoying. The, for the most part works, but I do... Josh much more than me, and I don't think he's wrong to want this. You should be able to manually change it yourself. Yeah, I want like. my melee ones on a certain spot on the wheel. I want my ranged ones on a certain spot on the wheel. And the only way to do that is to go in and, like, specifically, like, people have figured out the algorithm at this point, because it is a pain in the ass, in order to pick stuff to make sure that the, the new form you're switching to goes in that where wheel you where it. you want it. Which, just let me pick. Like, that's, that's one extra button press. It's one prompt instead of ha- You wrote an algorithm system for doing this instead of just giving me a button press. Like, let... Just let me choose. How much easier yeah, put, would that? It has to have been harder to end up with the solution they have than to do it the right way. 
And I think it's cool that they have the algorithm because I think it works for the most part, but you should also be able to shut that off and just do it yourself if you want to. Yeah, because it, le- it leaves me <laughs> futzing around in the menus in order to get... Because a lot of times you want more than one loadout. Like, totally. I, I want to be able to swap between these two things in order to... Certain parts of the... Not, not, not even some of the times. All the time. Especially in the early game. You don't have all the damage types you need. You're going to want to switch between forms. And, like, just, just let us pick where that goes, also, guys. I, I would love to have a two wheels for, like, normal play, and then a wheel for, like, dungeons proper, because there are, there are proper dungeons and Your there are demi-dungeons. just for exploration. Yeah. The, in, the proper dungeons, the big change is that your form quests are turned off. Because they just want yeah. you to focus on having your how to get through to at get all through these stronger dungeons. Yeah. Yep. Like so, th- there's totally different builds you're running between those things. Um, the other significant change I would really want, and I hope they see in a patch, you should get a time slowdown when you pulled up that wheel. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, no, like it should it should either stop time or like you're saying slow massively it down slow significantly down because you always have the option to go into the menu and switch it manually with the game stopping yes and if that is an option why doesn't the wheel do that like it that, should it, it absolutely, absolutely should. should it should if the point is to let you quickly select what you want to without it slowing down gameplay and also without it killing you it should stop time when it pulls up that wheel. Like there's just, there's, there are little things like that. None of these are, none of these are like anything that killed the game. It's just, uh, none they, of these are detrimental because this game is still great. Yeah. It's just, it's stuff that the gameplay is so solid that when one of these things comes up, it's like, ah, fuck. It's just, it's, it's in your way getting back to what's so great about the game, um, which is frustrating. It's just, they're, they're frustrating. Um, just there's no one significant this completely sucks there's just a few like nitpicky like this could be better and it sucks that it isn't yeah exactly uh because it just it pulls you out of what is so amazing about the game um which yeah no that sucks it sucks because whenever i'm presented with one of those things it's like eh i was having such a great time and then you do this one other thing to kind of remind me the game is very grindy. It's very much about solving these puzzles that aren't super difficult, and then about grinding them out, like seeing if your solution works. Um, but the reason it works is because the grind is fun. Yes, and then stopping you from actually doing that grind... That's not a good thing, because it, it reminds you that you are grinding through these It reminds sections. you what you're doing is completely mindless, but it exactly. is Exactly, and that's not a good thing... I mean, maybe it is because it stopped me from playing a couple times. Like, not not stopped me from playing like this is horrible or anything, but it's like it's it draws attention to itself and makes you realize, oh, I could be doing something else at this point, which is eh, like just just keep me in the experience so I can mindlessly go through this whole thing while I listen to a podcast or or watch a TV show on another screen. Yep. It has been that game for me, and I like having games like that, and I think this is a really good one. Oh, yeah, it's, it's an excellent one. It's just, the, it's the bits that require you to, to be pulled out of that loop that frustrate me. Yeah, totally fair. Totally fair. 
Cool. Yeah, I I need to get around to that game. It's it's one of the one of the ones that I want to play that will probably end up being played later this year for me and then I will be like, "Fuck, why didn't I play this game sooner?" But the only the only way I'd tell you to put it off is if I was certain there was a Switch version coming in a few months, I'd tell you to just wait for that cuz Yeah. This would be boy, perfect. Boy, do I wish this Switch. was on Switch. Like me that's too. my biggest like this is on Game Pass and after my first hour of it, if it were on the Switch, I went to the eShop to look because I was ready to spend $25 yeah. on it if it were on Switch. I already spent $25 on it because I bought it on Steam and I did the exact same thing. Like, like quick, let's, to the eShop. We need to find out if I can play this on my Switch. Um, it's a perfect Switch game. Yeah, it is. It is. It needs, it needs to be on there. Yep. Yeah, this will. This is absolutely one of the first things I'm going to be playing on my Steam Deck once I get it, if there isn't a Switch ber- version by then. Um, because yeah, it is totally perfect to just pick up and play like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I really wish this game was on the switch. Yeah, no, it would be absolutely made for that console. Well, hopefully soon. Fingers crossed hopefully. on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go to break. We'll, we'll do, uh, our last break of the day and then we will get into some social media polls. So stick around, uh, for the social media polls and the special announcement at the end of the show. Ah, the summer breeze. The sun is beaming. The waves are crashing. Life is good. Mister! Mister! Uh, m- what? <clears throat> what in the blazes is going on? X-tree! X-tree! Read all about it! Read what, lad? Spit it out! How did you find me on vacation? Swordjump has tank tops, beach towels, and much more over at store.swordjump.com. Store.swordjump.com? Store.swordjump.com! Store.swordjump.com. Yes! Store.swordjump.com! Store.swordchomp. Yes, damn it! <sighs> it worked. I can enjoy my afternoon nap in peace. Hey, mister, did you hear about Store.swordchomp? And we're back. Thank you so much for waiting for us. This is the moment that some of you have been waiting for. Maybe most of you. I don't know. We're going to reveal the results of the social media polls that we do every single Tuesday at the Swordchomp Instagram. If you're interested, head over there. Take part. It's always fun. Ask some interesting questions. So I started the uh, poll day by posting a meme. Lam- and this is Lisa Simpson saying this. Lamps and games are using real electricity. And I was curious how much that blew other people's minds. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. That's true. Uh-huh. So, you know, the funny well, thing about true. that, they're not just using electricity. There's a real lamp behind that lamp. It's just not yes. the lamp you're thinking, you're thinking of. Also Somebody true. else messaged me that on Instagram, Josh. Was that you no. using an alternate account? No, no. I mean, I there's, there's a lamp as long as you're using an LCD screen. Otherwise, it's, you know, the pixel actually 
powering itself. Okay. Because somebody literally messaged me that shit, and I was like, all right, OLED wise guy. as well. Those, those are still backlit, but if you're, if, yeah. you're, if you're using, you know, plasma or... No one uses plasma. CRT at this point. Plasma. Yeah. Sorry, I still really like that technology. Plas- plasma was pretty great at the end of its life cycle. It's just the power consumption was not good. I, the only thing that I ever think of when I think of plasma is one of the top 10 greatest scenes in television history is when um, Michael invites Jim and Pam over to dinner at his house with him and Pam. The, the wall and he goes to plasma. show off that tiny ass plasma TV. <laughs> that, that, is the, <laughs> that is one of the greatest moments. Yeah. Yeah. The, that early plasma is horrible. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, the I end of the life of, cycle, I really like, other than I've had to move a 55-inch plasma four times now. Not fun. And Jesus Christ, are those things heavy. Not fun. Those they're are... all full of plasma. They're, they're... It's so much worse than moving a CRT. They're just... They're, those are... Granted, moving, moving a TV is not the main concern of most people buying one. But if you are... Right. If you are it. moving it, don't. I can I can recommend as someone who's moved them way too often. Don't. And usually it ruins ruins the picture in some way, shape, or form. Anyways, so. Well, I mean, no, you can. That was always I I'm, I wasn't letting someone else put that in a truck or anything. That 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 goes in a in a personal vehicle to make sure mm. that it doesn't get fucked. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't move I mean, any TV by having someone else pack it up and move it unless it's, I mean, a military move or insured. So, yeah, right. let, let them do whatever. Right. So the next poll we did was Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, is the best video game movie to date. True or false? 41% of people said true. 59% of people said false. Wow. I like that Mortal Kombat movie. I was about to say, it's amazing how people, how many people haven't seen any of the Mortal Kombat movies, well, or well, or the Super Mario Brothers. I you can buy it for three ninety nine. Yep. Believe it or not, that was also in the polls as well, and that just shows that you guys don't read my fucking well, not you guys. Mm. Josh, you're not really on Instagram anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But um, honestly, I think the Sonic the Hedgehog the movie was the best video game movie to date. I think the new Mortal Kombat movie is a close second. I like that Mortal Kombat movie. I do too. Yeah, I mean, Sonic, the plot in that was just a fucking train wreck, but just having a talented voice actor for Sonic really did an awful lot to make, you know, it worth sitting through. What kind of uh, research do you think Idris Elba did to get into the character of Knuckles? Uh, I don't think he had to do any reason. You think he played Sonic 3? He was like, what's, what's my motivation? I, I don't take him as much of a character actor as others, so I don't think so. I, I think, think he just showed man... up and was Idris Elba, and the people were like, okay, yeah, that's good enough. They were like, what was your uh, I inspiration think, I think for he... portraying Knuckles? And he was like, money! <laughs> I mean, he, he's a great character actor, but when you look that pretty, you're cast because you look that pretty, which 
honestly is, is why is Knuckles is in Sonic. Knuckles? That's what that's why Knuckles is in Sonic. So I think he just he kind of he is the character. I just think it's pre- I think yeah. it's pretty cool that he's finally playing a character with the name of what he does to women. Puts himself up knuckles deep in women. Knuckles, that's a good I, inch and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool that the actual video game voice actor for Tails is the one that's doing it in the movie. That yeah, that I do think is pretty awesome. I'm excited for that. Strange, the, strange how they couldn't figure out how that was a good idea for Mario. We could have a whole conversation about that, and this yeah. is not me defending Chris Pratt as Mario. This is me saying that anyone who thinks Charles Martinet doing the it's a me for two hours straight is a good idea, but that's more of me just going like, I just don't necessarily think a Mario movie is necessary, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I mean... You have a conflict of interest there, being from New York, so. Um, well, I know the real Mario, and he's a drunkard. <laughs> huh. Huh. Oh, sorry. Oh, I forgot the thing we're doing today. Hold on, Rich. Was that full? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go on. Next please, please continue. Yeah. Detective Pikachu was a solid video game movie. True or false? 84% of people said true. 16% of people said false. I actually got some messages saying that that was the best video game movie to date. I almost don't count it because I often forget that Detective Pikachu was a video game. Yeah, no, it's much better than Sonic. Just from a structural standpoint, the story makes sense. They're... It's a film. Yeah, it is a better film overall. I don't think Sonic the Hedgehog is a bad film, by the way. Like, I walked away from that going, like, that's a fun kids movie. I don't, I don't even think it's that. But, <laughs> damn. Yeah. I don't know how you didn't have fun in that movie, Josh. I mean, I had fun. It's just none of it was related to the movie. Or directly, de- directly related to what the movie was trying to do. Maybe yeah. have fun making fun of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. the part where it inch opens by introducing an owl character that you're like, is this a thing I should know? What is this? Is you just making this it's up? Like, oh, what fuck, is this? I went into the wrong theater. <laughs> I played the Sonic video games. Is this a thing I should know? I've never <laughs> seen this owl. And you never will. Mm-hmm. Why is Again. the owl from Ocarina of Time in this movie? Yep. Yeah, but De- uh, Detective Pikachu is a solid movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wasn't even thinking of that. Uh, like, I remember seeing this actually in your poll, Shane, thinking when I got to that one, like, oh, I, I don't even... Mentally, like, I don't consider that a video game movie for some reason, but it is a better video game movie. Yeah, it's a better video game movie, but also because it's not fun to kind of sit through and mock, it's, it's, it's more forgettable. It's It's more technically proficient, but... Like, it doesn't, like, at no point does it rise to being just a great movie. It's way more, like, kind of dumb summer movie fun, but better at that. You know what's impressive? They made a movie where the pitch is like, Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu, and I didn't walk out of it and go, fuck you. (laughs) Right, like, that's the thing, is, like, Ryan Reynolds and Chris Pratt kind of fill a similar void, but... 
Ryan Reynolds. Agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess you're right in a lot of ways. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is like a more likable Chris Pratt. Yeah, no, or I, th- I, th- I think Chris I think Pratt is a less likable Ryan Reynolds. Good gin and cheap cell phone service is just a. It's just a. It, it and a soccer it, team. It leads. It leads to being way more likable overall. Sure. And he's a fan of uh, soccer, which I I'm always always happy to find more fans of that. Really? That's that's your bar. That's a, that's a that's a very hard bar to meet, Josh. That's that's like saying, "Oh man, I I I'm this guy I'm totally books. into people who like tea." If you would have said ice cream, I would have been on board, my friend. Tea, the most popular drink in the world above water. Soccer, the most popular game in the world above oh, NASCAR. Because, I mean, football? I'm an American. We don't find those people that often in the US. Mm. You need that context. Yeah. Yeah. But um, let's move on. I saw the new Resident Evil movie, and it was great or yikes. 24% of people said great. 76% of people said yikes. 76% of people are correct. 76% of people are very correct. Wow, was that I not mean, a good movie? I don't think they were correct because they chose to watch it. I, th- I think the correct decision was to abstain. I, cho- I chose to watch it. If you if somebody tells you there's going to be a train accident here later, you're you're going to not come back and watch it. Yeah, I mean, you're going to watch. It, it depends what you've got going on that afternoon, but I don't, I'll move shit around. <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather's funeral. Fuck it, I got a train accident to see. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this: I will applaud it for attempting to stay closer to the source material which is the first two games the games don't that's even about try the to stay only close thing... to the source material hey not anymore <laughs> but that's the only thing that's <laughs> redeemable about that movie in my opinion like the zombies looked atrocious that's some of the bigger problem with it though in my opinion like it tries way too hard to stay closer to the source material like, down to, like, we're going to do the itchy tasty thing. And I'm like, all right, that's enough. Oh, no. I forgot. What's the itchy tasty thing, Rich? It's, uh, like, a reference to things that are fucking... It, it was, like, an almost an Easter eggy thing in the first one of just dumb shit that's written on the wall. But, like, they make a direct reference to it in this film. Mm. Right. In a way that's dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is, for all intents and purposes, a B-movie. Where the other movies were trying to be a great summer blockbuster film, this is not trying to be that at all. And actually, one of the um, main, or not main characters, one of the foil characters in there, the scientist main bad guy, he's a very famous B-level actor. The and I was actually like, oh, this guy's guy. That's a, that's a unique name. That's, that's the name I'm giving main, you. Ba- is that, that French? Main bad yes. is main bad I am Min Beggy. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. But no, oh, I did sorry. not enjoy that film at all. No, it's there's nothing. It's not. It's not a good movie. There's nothing to enjoy about that movie. No, it's a shame that it happened and it'll be swept under the rug and forgotten. <laughs> I hope so. 
the Mario. I want them to put the, that in the box. <laughs> it's a shame that it happened. <laughs> it's, it's a shame that this rich monster so jump back What a great selling point. Yeah. I think I'd just be in more big inclined bold to watch letters it. If, I would buy that, that just to have marketing. it on my shelf. That it said it's a shame that this happened. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would go out and buy a copy. Yeah, I'd frame that. Like they put my quote on the back of the box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the Mario Brothers movie was so bad that it's good. Seventy-five percent of people said true, and twenty-five percent of people said false. Twenty-five percent of people can't just have fun. Like, I think it's actually good. Like, it's it is bad, but I think it's actually good. Like, not not even so bad that it's good. I think there's parts of it that are good. And parts of it that are so bad that it's good. It's it's weird that it manages to do both at the same time. Dennis Hopper is Bowser. Watch yes. this movie. Come on, people. Like the the slick back hair of these, you know, Koopas. Like it's it's just visually they're doing some. It cool takes stuff place it. in Dinosaur City. It's it's good. It's it's a it's a good film. And it has a stinger to set up a sequel at the end. <laughs> it's it's one of the best cyberpunk movies of all time. Agreed. Agreed. And you can get it, like, again, I don't know how many times I have to stress this to people. This is a movie you can buy almost on any given day for, like, two ninety nine on DVD. Yeah. Just go get, because it doesn't stream anywhere. There's nowhere you can stream this. Yeah, no, but like you said, they, there's so many discs lying around that you could just find it for next to nothing. They'll they'll yeah. pay you to take a copy of Please, it in most we need, places. We need to empty this warehouse out. Yeah. God, the only time I ever remembered that movie is when I used to work at this entertainment store and people would come sell that DVD and, and it was that's like 25 funny. cents the store would give them. That, they're like, that's all I'm going to get for this? I'm like... How much fucking money do you think this piece of shit? You're shit's lucky worth? we're not charging you for this thing taking up space. There was two two moves ago. There was a Mexican restaurant in town that, no joke, one hundred percent of the time, the Super Mario Brothers movie was playing on the TVs. In this Mexican restaurant, you'd go in there uh... and and. And this movie would be on with, with Spanish subtitles. That makes sense. Every you like it time. Because it reminds you of cleansing your colon. Sames. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. I got that. Checks man. out. Yeah. Um, the last one I did is the newest Mortal Kombat movie was much better than I expected it to be. 68% of people said true. 32% said false. I thought that movie was a lot better than I was expecting it to be, to be honest with you. I was pretty satisfied with the movie. I think it was about as good as I expected it to be. Yeah, I, I, I think I got about what I, got what I was going in for. Yeah. Slightly worse in places and slightly better in others. Like, it, like it, it really dropped the ball all here and there, trouble. but, like, and overall, good. Over, yeah, it was a fun time. The guy who played Kano in that movie is my hero. Oh my god. It's it's yeah. Yeah, no, he 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 understood the assignment. Yeah. Um he got what he was doing. He <laughs> delivered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I liked a lot of the the actors and actresses they got from the movie. 
Oh, it yeah. was. I mean, it was bordering between B rate and summer blockbuster, and I I figured that's what it was going to be going into it, and that's what I got, and I was satisfied with it overall. Yeah, like it it felt like it did well in a lot of the ways that like the Street Fighter movie, not not like the recent Street Fighter movies, but like the old Street Fighter movie did things well. Jean Claude like Van Damme. Yeah, yeah. Like just, we talk about. Raul Julia a lot on that Street Fighter 2 chomping at the bits just so everyone's prepared for that mm-hmm. nobody asked Rich <laughs> yeah and that's why I plugged <laughs> oh okay I'm sorry I'll do a better job I guess I mean no, don't you do can just ask next me. time yeah that's why but I said I'll do a better job what do you want from me <laughs> fuck don't be sorry right. be better mm. suck it Anyway, so it is the end of the month, which means that we are doing our monthly Patreon shoutouts. But before we do that, like I said, we have an announcement to make. First, there is a funny little Patreon-only podcast on the Patreon feed that Josh recently put together. So if you are interested in that, definitely check that out. Also, I've been teasing this for months, and I finally got off my ass to do it. I need to go post that thing. I already did. I already did. You did. Okay. All right. Good. 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 Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. It's all up right. there now. I already got it. Perfect. I did that last night. You, you said that, and the way you worded it was like, I don't know. It, it felt very passive aggressive to me. Like, like when this goes live, you better have fucking done this, Josh. <laughs> just my veiled threats. That's the whole yeah. time I'm saying <laughs> shit. I'm just veiling threats at both you guys. You guys. Are finally pulling the mirror back or pulling the uh I'm just looking like bit. around like I have no idea what's happening. Like he's clearly getting the message, <laughs> but I'm just like shit, wonder who did that. Yeah. No, I got it up last night. Okay, the, okay the, cool, cool. The podcast. I got the podcast. Yeah. Up. The podcast is up. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah. The podcast. The podcast. Yeah. Podcast. The podcast. Mm. And uh I've been <sighs> the podcast. <laughs> so I finally got off my ass to do it. If you are a patron. There is a small survey on Patreon for you to fill out. It's its own post. If you complete the survey and are a patron, you will be entered into a drawing to win a few cool prizes. So, again, if you're interested or a patron, head over to patreon.com slash for more details on taking that survey. Now, let's get into the shoutouts for this month, the Patreon shoutouts. I want to say a massive thank you to... Ivan, Bernadette, Jonathan, Matt, Cy, Beefy Gamers, Eric S, Bebop, Josh L, Justin, J Holbro, Paul, The Zalbi, Tani, Amber, and Fletch. Thank each and every one of you so much for supporting the podcast this month, for supporting Sore Chomp as a whole. We've been able to do more. Rich is doing his new podcast because of you. We're doing our Woo! Chomping After Dark because of you. Um, we have some other stuff in the work all because of each and every one of you. Seriously, thank you so much. It means the world to us. We love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Big thanks because, as Jay said, yeah, making big moves all because of the sport. Yes. 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 So thank each and every one of you. Um, hopefully uh-huh. you enjoy the, 
the little podcast and the Patreon feed, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed the survey that will garner you some possible cool prizes. Yes, Rich, I see your fucking Pikachu. No, that was as- for Josh. Jesus. Wow. Don't be wow. aggressive. He thinks he's the only person in the universe. I am, goddammit. Do I need to make more veiled threats on this podcast? <laughs> what was veiled about any of this? <laughs> That's why I said that. And Josh was drinking. <laughs> so, Josh was having a drink, and I was like, this is a perfect time to say something. I can't let this go. Veiled? Away. You're just being a dick. <laughs> I'm not threatening, though. I'm just dickish. Yeah, that's fair. And Josh like, is a bit like peckish. Big Dick B. Big Dick yep, B. Yep, 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 yep. Big Dick B. Speaking of getting it up. But yeah, we're going to get out of here. Um, we want to thank each and every one of you listeners for checking out the show. Uh, same usual shit. Like and subscribe if you aren't already liking and subscribing us. That way we can get the Sore Chump name out there. Head over to the site at swordchomp.com where we have more podcasts such as Chomping at the Bits, which Rich, as he said, has a new episode up on Street Fighter. I'm sorry. That's not the new one. No, 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 no. no. Let me do my host duties. I'm sorry. He has a new episode up on Super Mario Bros. um, That he just got up. And that pairs well with last week's Chompcast episode. So you can check that out. Um, We have Chomping After Dark, which we are having a new episode go up any day now. So by the time you have heard this, it's gone up on Halo Infinite. And we already have some recorded for the coming months, which I'm really excited to drop those episodes. And uh, I have Evoking the Sublime. The coming months are my favorite months. (laughs) The best kind of months. Mm -hmm. And um, I have Evoking the Sublime, where I interview game developers about the history and creation of their brilliant games. So there will be some news on that soon, finally. So stay tuned for that in the coming weeks. And we also have articles and reviews over at the article section of the site. As Rich mentioned earlier, I have one going up that is more of a walkthrough on how to get all the monsters in Monster Rancher. Yeah. And, um... So that that's up there, and Rich has gotten some reviews up recently on the games he's been playing. We also have cool and wonderful merch. If you heard the commercial from earlier, head over to store.swordchomp.com where you can pick up some great stuff. It's almost Valentine's Day. What a great gift to get your significant other, I think. That would be a great gift. It, yeah, and last, no, it's, that's, hmm. that's a great, excellent last gift to give your significant <laughs> other. <laughs> They will never ever date you again, but at least they'll have a shirt to prove it. <laughs> it's just something like that. But um, last but not All I least, got was his crummy T-shirt. <laughs> Goodwill won't even take it. Uh, if you if you really want to support us and help us out, Patreon is the best way to honestly help us out there. Uh, as we just mentioned, the money helps us fund new and exciting projects that we're working on allows us to put more time and effort into what we're doing here which we all want to do we want to make more content make it better for each and every one of you and for ourselves as well so if you want to check out how you can support us and you yourself can get rewarded for it head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp and with that I want to say again, thank you to each and every one of you for checking us out, sharing. If you ever have shared, just 
any time, effort, money that you've put into uh, Sorchomp, it's greatly appreciated. So thank you. We're going to get out of here. I want to say thank you to Rich being here from New York, Josh for being here from North Carolina, myself, Shay, being here from Japan. Um, Be safe out there. You know, the cases are rising and stuff. Just keep yourself healthy, whatever you believe in. Just, you know, keep yourself healthy above all and make sure you take care of others as well, please. Um, Tough times out there. And uh, we love you. Drink some water. Punch a Nazi and take care. No, 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 no. The cases are too high. Don't punch Nazi right now. Hold off on that. You, you well, can punch no, them later. Purell, punch the Nazi, then Purell again. There you go. How about glove up, punch a Nazi, de-glove? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Okay. No All glove, right, no so Nazi punching. Drink some water. Be safe out there. <laughs> and take care. Bye. Not a single.